What up, what up, what up, what up? The real Coach AB here for the Coach AB Show. Welcome in. Let me get my famous visor on backwards. Get this party cracking. Uh, we may have a special guest joining one of my former players. Uh, we'll see if he joins in, if he can. Um, wanted to talk to him about Mike Leach uh, in, in specific. Chase uh senior will join us here in the second hour we're going to break down all things nfl college football plus uh who's the mvp of the nfl right now i'm uh, going to break those things down all these things brought to you by betonline.ag use the promo code believe b-l-e-a-v and also head on over to canadipscbd.com get you some dips the cleanest freshest way to dip CanadipsCBD.com. Promo code CoachJB, all caps, gets you 20% off. Plus, you know, CoachJBStore.com, we have a special running 20% off. Head on over there, CoachJBStore.com, gets you 20% off on all things, even Matt McChesney's gear. So head on over there, get you some gear. Um, lots to discuss today. Uh, we're going to break down. We got to break the news, unfortunate news of uh, Mike Leach passing yesterday. I call him Coach Leach, as everyone should, just as if a doctor uh, is a doctor. He's earned the right to be called doctor, just as a coach has earned the right to be called coach. He was still a coach uh, and will always be one. He uh, passed away and has kind of shocked the professional coaching profession in the world of coaching and playing football. Um we're going to dive into that. Hopefully, we get a special guest on to talk about him in specific. So, going to break a lot of things down. We got a lot to discuss. Can't wait to get after it. Uh, appreciate you guys pounding the like button, subscribing, becoming a member today. Uh, we're going to get after it here this morning. And uh, you know me. It's Work Boot Wednesday. I ain't holding back either. So, can't wait till Chase joins us and uh, see what happens. You know, this show. Short, fast, skinny, and tall. We do it all. I'll see you on the other side. Yes, sir. Mike Leach was American. Uh, probably the definition of uh, as about as pure as you can be American. Um, he was old school, 61 years old, too young to pass away, unfortunately, too young. My dad died at 67. I thought that was unbelievably too young. 61 just seems like it's just not right. But um, heart of life is death, unfortunately. Uh, Coach Leach passed away yesterday. Uh Leaving a lot of folks in, uh, you know, grieving and sorrow. Uh, but you know what? A lot of folks got to understand it's time to mourn now. And uh, mourning is sometimes good because I don't know if you can understand. You know, I had to, you got to get past it because if you don't, uh, it's going to keep you down for a long, long time. Mississippi State, I don't know what they do. Uh, it's actually part of the poll question today. Uh, but let's get you started with uh, the quote of the day. Um, you will never reach your destination if you stop and throw stones at every dog that barks. 
I got to say this right here because of the way uh, I saw a video last night. And I can't wait to dive into it. Hopefully, you can hear the video uh, share of it. Um, but I did post it on my Twitter account. And I'm going to break that down. But I just don't understand uh, how people just don't know how to stay in their lane. You will never reach your destination if you stop and throw stones at every fucking dog that barks. Sorry, it ain't going to work. Dog, we got white Karens. We got black Karens. We got brown Karens. I ain't never seen nothing like it. I never seen the country this fucking soft and pathetically weak in my existence. 46 years. I have yet to see our country be this fucking soft. And I don't give a fuck what color you motherfuckers are. I'm telling you straight out. Y'all fucking soft. Black brown, white, I don't give a fuck. You motherfuckers are the softest pussy motherfuckers I've ever seen in my entire life. You motherfuckers can't even go out in public to a, an event that you pay to see. A motherfucker spit jokes at you and you want to interrupt the fucking event to cry and bitch and moan. I've never seen nothing like this shit. I'm going to dive into that in a second. Poll question. Does Mississippi State hire from within or go outside after the sudden passing of Mike Leach? Drop your comments in there. Uh, this is a question in the debate I had last night with a friend. Um, do, you, do, you, do you cut bait and go out right now and try to get the best coach you can because we're just now hitting December? It's about to be first signing period. Or do you keep the coach on staff out of a sentimental um, kind of do do they do they owe the staff because they were underneath Coach Leach? I don't believe you can do it. I think you have to go get the best coach right now and start over, man. Unfortunately, this thing happens this fast in this profession, and I think you have to move on right now. It is sad. It is fucked up. We don't want to really talk about the truth, and, the, and it hurts our feelings. I get it. But you have to go out and start over. I'm sorry. You just have to do it. There's not a head coach on that staff. I think Jay Hobson's on that staff. He's been a head coach before. He's, at, he's not even on the field. He's doing high school recruiting. Uh, I know Jay a little bit. I know a few other coaches on that staff. Uh there's not a real head coach on that staff, man. I, I just got to be honest. There's not a head coach on that staff. So do they hire from within or do they go out and get someone? Um, you got to go out and get somebody, man. Um, in my opinion, right now, uh, right now. The assistant head coach is Mike's good friend. An older brother, been coaching forever. He He's not a head coach at all. He's had two stints. Um, yeah, the problem is we don't have time for Cinderella stories, Marcus Russo. There's no time for Cinderella stories. What ends up happening in is fairness to these coaches, which a lot of you guys don't get. I'll touch on this for a minute on this poll question. I appreciate all the feedback. You don't get a lot of this, uh, from the novice ESPN analyst people that don't tell you the truth. But if one of these, uh, as you say, assistants take over for the season, 
you may get a Cinderella story. Well, that's just not the truth anymore because what happens is we're setting these cats up for failure. These young coaches, I get the Cinderella story and all, but guess what? Now they have just basically uh, ruined their resume, which is unfair to them. They don't have a chance. They should. They they don't have an opportunity to actually create a resume, build a resume. They have to inherit a job that they just don't know what it entails yet. And you can't just throw a guy in the fire to be the head coach because of a Cinderella story, because this day and age, it's about money. Money talks, bullshit walks. There's no Cinderella story. These NIL kids are going to, they're not going, guess what? Every single kid is leaving now because Coach Leach is gone. I'm just telling you. And it ain't a Cinderella story out there that's going to keep him those kids at Mississippi State or is going to get new ones in there. So you have to almost go out and get a new head coach right now. That's my take, uh, my professional opinion. I uh, can't wait to talk to a few people about it and see what you think. Um, but there are some guys. Uh, um, that are out there that you can get that will probably leave another program to come into this one and take that job. Um, I believe there is. So we shall see. Unfortunate though. It's unfortunate. Uh, I don't know how attractive that job is, Steven uh, or Casey. I don't know how attractive that job is. Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin's on the rise at Ole Miss. He's the sexy guy in Mississippi right now. They got the thing rolling. They're turning the tide there. Uh, you know, Mississippi State's all they really had, the buzz in the air, is Coach Leach. So him being gone, it's almost you have to gut the program and start over, unfortunately. And I'm sure that's what the AD president and all the boosters are discussing right now because they don't have a head coach that is going to bring that pizzazz. And you're not going to bring that pizzazz that Coach Leach can bring. You're not going to get it right away. So that's why I feel you have to go out. Because if you keep the assistant there, this gives me a Marshall vibe. I don't know if Sean Waffle's in here uh, or, or anyone that remembers uh, the Marshall tragic uh, tragedy of the plane crash. Um, a lot of you guys may have seen the movie We Are Marshall or what have you, but it gives me that vibe. It gives me that uh you know, let's keep guys intact. And I just think you have a bad, bad cloud over your program. You have a cloud over everybody. And uh, I just don't know if you can keep anyone attached to Coach Leach in the program. I just think you have to go get a new guy right now and just start over and clean the slate, man, because this is going to be so hard to do. I don't know if I could walk around and see mike leach's assistance every day if i was a player and that i and if i love coach leach it'd be very hard for me to walk around there I, I think you have to have a new start and it's unfortunate and unfair to these kids and these coaches that are on that staff underneath coach leach who he hired because i don't know if uh i don't know if you can keep the assistance man it's a great poll question. I, I just think you got to hire from what outside. I think you got to go outside right now and get you a new, um, a new coach. Sorry. Um, so I don't know. Wichita State, you're right, Sean. Wichita State, same. It's crazy. I remember that. 
I don't know, Sean. What you what do you think? Uh, I think you got to go outside and hire right now. I think you got to hire a new coach, new blood. Unfortunately, those assistants may not be able to keep be kept. Um, and I just don't know if they should be, man. Not that they're bad coaches, obviously. I just don't think he has a head coach on that staff that can be an interim. And I don't know if the vibe will be conducive for kids to thrive in. It's just so fucked up, man. I don't know how to explain it. It's just fucked up. I, I don't condone coaches to be fired because the head coach locked, died. But this is the situation. It's this. It's no different if the head coach got fired. If Coach Leach was fired, which we all wish happened instead of his tragedy that just occurred, how many assistants do you think are going to be retained by the new head coach? See what I mean? Um, you know what's 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 interesting with with the vibe that he brings along with him and the social media and all that. It's almost kind of gimmicky. But he he seems to get kids to buy in and get them get them to buy what he's selling, just like I I thought I I have done my whole life. But Deion Sanders would be a guy that I believe can uplift a place that is in a bad situation. I just don't know if it'll be a good look for him to leave right now after taking the Colorado job and doing what he's done already there in the first two weeks on the job, getting the buzz going. But that is a guy. You need something like that. You need somebody that's going to be a charismatic figure. Um, not saying Dion's going to leave and do that, but I'm just telling you, you need somebody like that. And I don't know who that is. And Dan Mullen is a piece of shit. So that ain't going to work. I wouldn't go after Dan Mullen, but that's just me. But coaches know. A lot of you don't know that, but Dan Mullen's a piece of shit. Um, contrary to belief, uh, let's get to it. Um, you feel much better when you fight through adversity and accomplish something that you would normally quit on, contrary to your belief. I don't know if you realize that. I'm going to repeat it for you in the back. You feel much better when you fight through adversity and accomplish something that you would normally quit on. Too far and too many times do we just quit and say, ah, oh, fuck it, I can't do it. I can't get that done. There's no way I could get that shit done. We fucking do it too often. I promise you, if you would fucking just thicken your skin and go through some fucking adversity and get an, an and just accomplish something, just fucking get your degree if you're older and haven't got it yet. Shout out to Sean Salisbury for getting his master's degree at 59 years old. He feels like he accomplished something that normally he would have quit on at that age. Normally people at his age quit on. Go accomplish something, man. Do the little things. You will fucking you don't know what that master degree is going to catapult his career in like his just his whole psyche. It may trigger his whole positive energy. That motherfucker might skyrocket through and get a whole nother job. I'm just telling you, because he accomplished something. He doesn't need to get the master's. He didn't need to get it. But he accomplished something that normally folks would quit on. 59 years old, got his master's degree. Hey, man, fuck, it's never too late. Go do something. Um, 
That's just me. That's just how I, you know. Don't be a talker. Just become a doer. Quit talking. Just do. We got too many fucking talkers, man. Just do it. And 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 don't talk. The motherfucker that does it and don't talk is the cat that I'm worried about. Like, I don't know if you know, but if you're from the neighborhood and you grew up in the hood, the ghetto, the streets, whatever it may be, the cat that never spoke and would look at you and smile, wink, or say okay and walk away is the motherfucker I worried about. I didn't worry about the motherfucker talking because that motherfucker's exactly what he does, talks. The motherfucker that didn't talk is a motherfucking trigger to me because I don't talk. I talk shit on social media. I talk shit on Instagram, YouTube, all these platforms because that is now the what the world has become and I am ashamed to be part of it. But you know what? I'm, I, I stopped being the guy that refuses to sue you. I'll never snitch. That's just something I can't do. But we have, an, we have accepted snitches, bitches, fucking tattletale-ass motherfuckers, cats that want to talk shit behind Twitter keyboards. And then you, re, you, you, then you forgive him after he called you a bitch as a man. We are in this generation, this world. And I'm never going to go that far. Um, I'm never going to do that. I'll get off social media before I ever stoop that low. But you know what? I always used to say, I ain't going to sue nobody, man. Fuck it. I did it. I stepped up. I accepted the role. I'm going to wear the big boy pants. Nowadays, though... Man, I'm the tired of the only motherfucker that ain't suing someone for something. Motherfuckers do throw me under the bus every fucking day. I should sue fucking Netflix. I should sue fucking whoever else. But you know what? I haven't come to that conclusion that that's going to be what I do. But I'm just telling you, that's the world we live in right now. Motherfucker will sue you, tattletale on you, snitch on you. Throw you under the bus, no matter if it's your brother, your homie, your mama, your daddy, your sister. They're all fucking backstabbing motherfuckers. That is the world we are in right now. Unfortunately, it's where we are. Head on over to CoachJBStore.com. Get you 20% off everything on there. I got a shitload of things on there as well. Hate Me Now, Slap Dick, Coach JB, Hoodies, Polos, Last Chance Q. We got mugs, coffee mugs, uh, tumblers, you name it. Short, fat, skinny, and tall. We got it all. Um, Going to break down uh, Tyler Riddle, man. Much love to you, brother. Uh, he impacted his life through he never met him. He's one of the reasons why I do podcasts about football. Hey, man, shout out to you, Tyler. Appreciate you, brother. You did not have to do that. Uh, I appreciate you doing that. Um, I agree. Sometimes people uh, sometimes people do uh, some, sometimes people do that. Team Cali, Hub City. We didn't have many talkers, dog. I'll tell you that right now. Guess what? Not only did we 
not only did we not have talkers, we had cats that wore white tees and khakis, 501s, croker sacks, sitting in the front row of class with reading glasses on, getting 4.0, and was cutting your throat at night in the street and was back at school the next day on time getting a 4.0, smiling at you, never talked. Motherfuckers always be like, damn, who the fuck is this guy? Those were, that's who I grew up with. <laughs> I just got to be honest. Uh, we got a great show today, man. I can't wait. I'm, uh, hopefully one of my former players is going to join in that actually played for Mike, uh, Coach Leach, and uh, hopefully we get to talk to him. Um, Chase Senior will join us in a little while. I got to get into some things here. Uh, stay your ass at home if you cannot enjoy comedy. Like, holy fuck, people. Why is everything always got to be so fucking serious? Stay home or shut the fuck up. If you go outside, shut the fuck up. If you want to talk, stay home. It's really not that hard to grasp. You grasp it by staying home. Talk all the shit you want. Be a Karen. You go out, respect the fucking folks around you by shutting the fuck up. If we could just adopt that ideology, I think we'd be a better fucking place. We got white Karens now. We got black Karens out there, brown Karens. I don't care what fucking color you are. Shut the fuck up. I don't know if you saw last night, I posted a video pretty late last night. Uh, it's just because it's, it's, it's just unbelievable, man, that, that we're in this era. Um, and I don't know if you can hear it or not. I'm going to try to share it and see if you can hear the, hear the thing. Can you guys hear it at all? Can you hear it? Can you hear the video? It's quiet right now, but did, could you hear it at all? I put it on pause. Let me know if you hear it. Let me start it over. Let me, let me share it and, and, and I'm going to do a. Let me start. Let me, let me. Okay. So here's what happened. This comedian was up on the stage doing jokes. And a black lady in the stands told him to shut the fuck up. You're a white guy talking to black folks and told the black people in the audience, if you're laughing at this white guy, you're not black either. Basically some Karen shit. Then she got up and started crying um, right in the face of the comedian. 
and the comedian handled it as, as about as well as you can. I don't know why I don't have sound anymore on when I change this. I got to fix this thing. I don't know why the fuck it's not working. Let me see now. Do you got, do you hear sound now? Yeah. Anyway, uh, I don't know what's going on my fucking sound on the other side, but he basically said, uh, I'm not a football player. I am a bitch. You can call me a bitch all you want. This lady started calling him a bitch and everything else. And uh, I am confused, man. I'm very confused. Not only does my not sound not work on that thing is why I'm confused, but I'm just kidding. I am very confused on as to why you would go um, to a comedian, go out and pay money to see a comedian at a comedy convention or a comedy store. Um, and then proceed to try to cancel the guy be a bitch a karen i just i'm uh, i posted on there i'm like damn sisters are now karens too we got black karens out here dog it is the end of society as we know it we are the softest fucking humans i've ever been around and i just can't understand i don't fucking get it i don't understand why the fuck we're so goddamn soft don't go out especially pay money if you can't handle a comedian will smith you fucked everybody by slapping chris rock dog Let me ask you this. Can you hear the clap? Can you hear that? Clapping? Because if you can't hear that, then there's something wrong with my board. Um, uh, I don't know, man. So you can hear the clapping, but not the fucking sound? I don't understand. The fuck's going on? Um, I don't know, man. It's really unfortunate, really unfortunate on what's going on out here. Um, I just, I just don't understand. That's why I put it into, that's why I brought in the weed thing. And I don't know if you've heard, but yesterday here in Cali, a kid, in school, broke a window in the second and third floor after he took some weed. He took the weed, ate the weed, broke a window, jumped to his death. If you haven't seen that, it's in. It's all over the news. It happened yesterday. You cannot sit here and tell me that there ain't something else different in the weed that y'all are smoking every day. 
And if you don't think that that shit is laced with something, you guys are really, really fucked up. Because it's happening at an all-time high. All right. A bunch of middle schoolers just overdosed last week in California. This kid pops an edible, breaks a window, and jumps out almost within 10 minutes, they said. Jumps to his death. This is not... This is the new era, dog, of fucking... Zombie apocalypse. What do you guys call that shit? <laughs> I just... And and you guys think I'm crazy when I said something's in the weed in the Taco Bell. Dog, don't, get, don't think the motherfuckers ain't out to get us. Don't think that. We are overpopulated. Don't think these motherfuckers haven't got out to get us. Now, there's a conspiracy out here that um, there's a there's a conspiracy out here that Mike Leeds took the shot and then passed away shortly thereafter. Um, I don't know any of that. I'm not going to even speculate. I'm not even going to put my foot in my mouth and talk about the shot and the vaccines and all that shit. I haven't done it. Uh, I know some folks that did do it. And I know some folks that have died. I don't know if that's from it, coincidence, what have you. But I know it's huge on the on the right side of things on Twitter. On the left side of things, it's a conspiracy and it's bullshit. And it's always some fucking split up fucking thing. We don't know. I just stay, stay in my fucking lane. If I don't know, I stay in my lane. So... too early to talk about dog i just don't know it's just all fucked up we just it's just crazy it's just crazy um that's what i'm saying dog weed used to be a plant everyone used to be cool on weed it was all fucking you know nowadays i i never see dog i'm telling you i've never seen even in the last five years when i was coaching what weed was doing to kids wasn't normal. So I'm telling you right now, it ain't the same. But y'all think it is. That's what's crazy. And you don't you don't see the difference. And you don't know and don't want to tell your homies. That's why your circles are all fucked up. You got a bunch of yes men in your circles. <sighs> uh Lakers choke off another late game, look horribly out of shape, and all three starters balls for the most part. Uh, all, all three stars, Westbrook, AD, and LeBron, all balled out for the most part and still lost. First of all, as the head coach, number one job is to get your team in shape. They look horribly out of shape. The Lakers are so badly out of shape. they can't. And I don't want to hear they couldn't play in overtime because their legs were shot. Well, the fucking Celtics played the night before and got blown out by the Clippers. So all they did was change the fucking court and the fucking Lakers go and give up ass at the end, choke on the lead, and give up the fucking game to the Celtics, the hated ones. We make so many fucking excuses. And you know what? I'm going to be honest. I'm a Laker diehard, and I, I, I don't like LeBron. Um, 
but I'm a Laker diehard. I agree with Charles Barkley. Why are we covering this team so much? And we know why. It's because LeBron and AD and Westbrook are all there. They're 11 and 15 or whatever, which I think is better than a lot of people probably thought. Uh, the Clippers are like 14 and 11 or something. They're just kind of the opposite. Uh, who is going to end with the better record? I know Shaq and Barkley have a bet going on. Uh, it's hard for me to bet on the Lakers right now. But having a better record don't mean shit. The Clippers always have a better record. I think they had a better record the year the Lakers won it all, didn't they? I don't know. Um Correa goes to the Giants, 13 years, $350 million deal. I got to be honest on these big contracts, these big deals. Um, exactly. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. AD can barely walk. That's an AD problem, dog. Are you giving an excuse for him? Uh, Isaiah, or are you saying he's out of shape and it's bad on the coaching? I think it's coaching. I think right now today, I'd be running suicides all fucking day long. I'd be running suicides every single day until my team got in shape. I'd be running the fuck out of them until we got in shape. There's no way that an NBA basketball player who's in his 20s, LeBron's in his late 30s now, but AD's in his 20s, maybe his late 20s, right? That you should be that out of shape. Just telling you. Um, so I don't know. Um, yeah, 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 he's out of shape, Isaiah. I agree. I'm just saying, like, he could barely even move. It's like, come on, man. You're that out of shape? You had all off season to talk about how much of in shape you're in? Well, you're not in basketball shape. And basketball shape's a little different than just me walking around here fucking losing 30 pounds, walking my dogs, okay? I'm not running up the fucking court every day fucking 500 times. So I don't understand these cats. That's why I always say these professionals are not invested like they once were. They're not invested at all. So I'm going to be honest. Uh, professional people are just not professionals anymore. They're, it's a facade. They get the money. They get happy. They're lazy. They already got the money, so why should I have to get in shape? We go on vacation. Anyway, Carrera signs a 13-year, $350 million deal. I don't know in this day and age, can is someone can somebody be in one place for 13 years? I don't think it'll happen. I guarantee, I bet my house that Correa don't end up with the Giants 13 years from today. There's no way. But let me ask you guys something. Did he sign a don't? Ride a bike clause. Don't fart in the wind clause. Don't do any fucking thing stupid clause like Fernando Tatis didn't do with the Padres. How can we pay this money and not protect the investment? See, we used to do it all the time. I don't know if you realize, but in the NFL even, you could you had to sign in your contract that you could not ride a jet ski in the off season you cannot ride a motorcycle in the off season you cannot do x y and z in the off season 
And you definitely can't do it during the season while you're under contract for my franchise. When did that go away? When did we get rid of that clause situation in our contracts? Because I'm be honest, it used to put the onus on the player to be professional and get in shape, unlike AD is right now. Not do stupid shit, unlike Henry Ruggs or whatever his name is for the Raiders. Tatis, all these idiots that continue to do stupid shit in the off seasons and miss time for their franchise. And yet we continue to pay them at an all-time rate. Like we continue to pay them at an all-time high. Why are we paying these cats this money and not putting in their contract? If you fart in the wind and I smell it, you won't get the money. We have to protect this, which will in turn... Put the ownership back on the side of owners and franchises and coaches and managers. Coach JB just wants to have the control of the player. Well, not really. I want to get what I fucking paid for, motherfucker. I want to get what I fucking paid for, Kyler Murray. I want to get what I paid for. Hey, Kyler Murray, 250 mil, and, and, and guess what, dog? He's done for the season. If you didn't know, he's done for the year. I think that the, that the Arizona Cardinals are in shambles. I think that because of the style of play that I continue to discuss every single day right here on this show, on Jason Whitlock's show, on everyone's show that I go on and everyone talks that shit about me, but guess what? Justin Fields has been hurt. Trey Lance is done. Kyler Murray's fucking hurt. Guess who else is hurt? Lamar Jackson's out. And Josh Allen's this fucking far away from being done for the season two. But what does JB know? I don't know. I just think I know what the fuck I'm talking about when it comes to this game and this sport and this fucking position. But maybe I don't know nothing. You guys know more than me. All I know is this. Your $250 million quarterbacks aren't even playing for your franchise. Your teams are shitty. You have no roster movement space because you've spent all your money on a shitbird who doesn't invest in anything, who don't want to learn the fucking system, who can't learn protection. We have this going around all over. And then you have good character kids like Lamar Jackson who just will not get better in the offseason, changing his throwing mechanics, doing the things that is needed. But yet he wants the money. He won't get an agent. He keeps his mother. I mean, I get it. It's a cute story. Me and my mom did this shit, dog. We came and did it. We're from the hood and we couldn't do it. God, get the fuck out of here, dog. Nobody cares. When you don't get this money, Lamar, nobody's going to care. The only thing they're going to care about is how dumb you were not to have an agent. They're not going to protect you anymore. They're not going to defend you anymore. All they're going to do is hate on you. Let's just keep it 100. They're going to hate on you. Nobody gives a fuck. Nobody cares. Why am I the only asshole that comes out and tells the truth? Nobody's going to give a fuck, Lamar, when you don't get the money. I'm sorry. So, (laughs) 
Oh, man. I think JB had to get one of the pups back. One was in bad shape and the other, and he got the dog back. What are you guys talking about? Um, Oh, you guys are talking about the dogs. Uh, yeah, they're not bulldogs, by the way. Um, I don't fucking like bulldogs. Bulldogs can't even fucking breathe without fucking dying. Um, no, no, that's not what happened, Joey. Um, what happened was Bailey, Ash's mama, um, when when I had to put Sogi down, when all the dogs started fighting, my when we had this alpha male complex situation, and then Bonham and Sogi and Bailey and Ash and everybody was fighting, um, I had to fucking rehome some dogs. So when I sent Bailey back to the original breeder that I bought her from for twenty k, um, she was treated horribly and I brought her back and I had to lie to get her back. And I, and I said, Oh, you know what? I, my change, situation changed because I just had to save Bailey. And that was my ace. She was my dog. She was kind of like stogie in female form. So I brought her back and I had her for the last six months. And then the fighting occurred again and I knew better, but I just had to save her. And then, uh, and then Roy Williams, former cowboy, Oklahoma Sooner and his Fucking lovely wife and family took uh, Bonham and Bailey, and they're actually having them trained, and they're already great dogs anyway. But there are two in a peas in a pod; they won't ever leave each other's side, and they did me a solid. Took them for me. That's when I drove them to Oklahoma City. So I'm just happy I saved Bailey um, from a complete shitbird uh, breeding house, and uh, and Bonham who didn't even want to let me leave. It was it's been a fucked up year with my dogs. To be honest. But uh, we're in the uh, the best situation we could be in with those uh, finding those two dogs, uh, Roy Williams. Uh, luckily, a person like Roy and his family took them. Beautiful home outside of Oklahoma City in you know, Edmond, and uh, live on a golf course, and fucking couldn't ask for a better home. And you know, um, and then I I got slapdicks here, Ash and Callie, which are you know Stogie's son. Which uh, which I was offered about seventy k by some prominent celebrities, and I just never I, I kept them because he's Stogies. Um. So yeah, it's crazy. Um. Lots of breakdown today. Uh, Chase Senior will join me later. Um. Trying to see if uh. My boy Alex Golis just texted me. He's the new head coach, the University of South Florida. Um, let's see here. Um, let's see.
Uh, Bryce Christensen, I appreciate it. If you guys are members, uh, become one today. I appreciate everybody. Um, let's see. Jesus Christ. Um, Lots of breakdown, though. Uh, I just don't know why we're not putting in our clause and our contracts that you can't go do stupid shit. That's what I want to know. And why we keep paying these dudes this much money. But that's where we are. We want to give these players full autonomy, full control of everything. And that is what fucking blows my mind. Uh, Ovechkin reaches 800 goals. If Jeremiah's in here, he'd probably be happy about that. Uh, via hat trick last night, 800 is a lot in anything in sports. I don't give a fuck. 800 is a lot of anything. And, uh, Alexander Ovechkin, is that his name, Alexander? I don't even know. Um, but he reached 800 goals last night. That's a lot of fucking goals, man. I, I don't even know how long he's played. I don't know really shit about hockey. But uh, that's a lot of goals. I got to be honest. That's a lot of fucking goals. Um, so, yeah. Um, you're right about that, Bryce Christensen. Common sense ain't common anymore. Ignorance is life-threatening, though. I'll tell you that. Messi helps his team reach the World Cup final. But I want to be honest with you guys. Guess what? Guess what? What? Um, I don't know what fucking team he's on. What fucking team he led to the World Cup Finals. And I don't know who the fuck they play. <laughs> I don't know shit about Messi. I don't know anything. All I know is that that is what's happening. I couldn't tell you for a million dollars right now. Who Messi plays for? And I would, I would, if I had to guess, I'm not even gonna look at the chat because I don't know. If I had to guess, I don't, I don't even fucking know. I know they beat Croatia, right? Because I saw Croatia, all those fine females that were for, for blowing up Instagram. Oh, by the way, they gave my Instagram back. Clap it up. Uh, I don't know how I got it back. I logged in, it was right there. I don't know why. Uh, I know my lawyer sent out a, a little thing to uh, their their people. I don't know how they do that because I've tried to do it. And I can't even get a hold of anybody at Facebook. But apparently, and then I got my shit back, so I don't know. Uh, Live Golf will stage tournaments in Arizona, Oklahoma, and West Virginia as part of his expanded 2023 schedule. Uh, my boy Kevin Wilson got the head coaching job at Tulsa. He was the OC at Ohio State. Uh, he was the head coach in Indiana. I've known him quite a while. Um, Tulsa's a gig you can win at. They have a small stadium, but everything's real compact right there at Tulsa. It's a very small situation, but Kevin Wilson, for some reason, thinks I guess he has to do that. Kevin Wilson's a hell of an O-line guy, hell of a run game guy, uh, knows the shit out of football. Um, curious to see how he does there at Tulsa. Um, oh, he's, he plays, Messi plays for Argentina. Okay. 
Yeah. I don't know who they play, though. They're playing France. Argentina versus France. Wow. Uh, the injury to Devontae Parker showed concussion. He had concussion symptoms, and the NFLPA is under scrutiny for allowing him to get off the field without stopping the football game. If you haven't heard, another Patriot gate seems to be underway. Shocker. Are you shocked? Uh, Devontae Parker, uh, apparently. I did not see it. I don't know anything about it. I don't know about that at all. Um, But I got to get into something that's a little more serious to me. And that is the state of how soft we are. We already broke down the comedian that had to deal with the fucking black Karen, which we've never, I've never seen that. Um, But I'm sure it's out there. Just don't get caught on camera like everything else that we see. Um, Marcus Mariota has stepped away from the Falcons because he was benched. Come on, Uso. Come on, Uso. We don't do that shit in the poly world. Any polys in here? TJ, Josh, any of you guys in here? Polys don't do this shit, homie. What in the fuck are we doing? When I see a poly do this act, I have to start saying I'm losing faith in the in society, dog. I'm losing faith. When I see Mariota step away because he got benched and his daddy don't almost kill him, I'm losing faith because it don't go down in poly world. It don't go down in poly land. It don't go down in that culture. I am very, very shocked that he has done this. He's not an NFL starter. He never really has been. Um, God damn it, guys. What are we doing, man? What are we doing? We are so fucked up. We are so fucked up. Mariota, I never thought I'd see a poly step away for being a bitch-made cat, but God damn it. Um, unbelievable. I don't know if you've heard. Uh, I just want to make a point. Uh, I think we talked about it the other day. Live life, man, because we're going to be dead a lot, lot, lot longer than we live. And I think you should... Uh, Tell everybody that you know um, that you miss them, love them, care for them, whatever. Because Mike Leach passed away. We understand that. And I don't know if you heard about yesterday, but former UCF and Wisconsin tight end uh, Jake Hexcock, he died while jogging of a heart attack. And he's 25 years old. He died yesterday. Now, I've heard reports that, again, something that has to do with something in the weed. I've heard he was taking some other type of medication. I've heard stories. I don't know. I don't, I'm not putting my foot in my mouth. I don't know anything about it. 25-year-old heart attack victims just don't walk around these days like 
Yeah, it's normal. <laughs> 25-year-old died. No, it's not normal. It is not normal. And uh, I- I'm just telling you, dog, I'm not saying it's factual that the weed is causing all this shit to happen. All I'm saying is look into it. Look into the shit. I'm not saying it's guaranteed and it's factual and JV's breaking news. I'm not saying all that shit. All I'm saying is look into it. But nobody wants to talk about it. Everyone thinks, oh, I'm just hot take. No, it's not hot take. It's true shit. Uh, Former five-star Alabama wide receiver Aaron Anderson has entered the transfer portal. Yippee fucking yay. Join on in. (laughs) Uh, Join on in. I want to touch on Mike Leach real quick. Um, His coaching tree is quite impressive with today's world. You know, Dave Aranda, he's been titled, tabbed as one of the great defensive-minded coaches in football. Um, Let me get rid of this contrary to belief thing. Uh, you got Neil Brown, who's probably on the block at West Virginia, but he's, he's, he's kind of risen to the top real fast and getting a head job in a power five level. Sonny Cumbie has been coaching while he's, he, he's been, he, he was, he's been known as a good coach. Sonny Dykes, uh, has led TC to the playoffs. Josh Hypo had his team heading to the playoffs all run very similar systems to Mike Leach. Dana Holgerson, the exact system is Mike Leach. It's his, his baby. And then you got Cliff Berry, Cliff Kingsbury's ass, Lincoln's ass, and Kenny Wilson. All right. These are all guys that are on the rise. These are all guys underneath Mike Leach's tree. So kudos to Mike Leach. He's put together a pretty damn impressive college tree for this generation. Uh, this is kind of how I want to equate it. So if you did not know this, uh, this is his tree. And uh, pretty pretty impressive. Uh, transitioning over, I got to talk about Lincoln Riley. I spoke about it last night on Jason Whitlock's show. If you didn't check it out, it's on my channel, the interview. I talk about Cliff, I talk about Lincoln Riley. Jason Whitlock thinks he is the quarterback guru, quarterback whisperer. Um, I call him the quarterback inheritor. Everyone talks about, well, he raised Caleb Williams. He's No, he hasn't. He didn't even recruit him, number one, as his number one option. His number one option went to Georgia. He finally got Caleb Williams, and then he took him with him. He wasn't even the starter over Spencer Rattler. Spencer Rattler is known to be a shitbird as well. So is Baker, Kyler Murray, and uh, everyone else that Lincoln Riley touches, okay? Number one. Number two, people are acting like he just inherited, he got these kids off the fucking street and turned them into goddamn Heisman Trophy winners. Let Miss me with the narrative that these kids were garbage and they were shitty and they were like JV quarterbacks and, and, and Lincoln just got them and said, did some Miyagi shit on them. And boom, rub the leg. And bow, Baker won a Heisman. Bow, Kyler Murray won a Heisman. Bow, Caleb Williams won a Heisman. Miss me, okay? Number one, you're at Oklahoma. 
you are a selector school. I don't know if you understand what a selector school is. A selector school is about five of them in the country every year. Alabama's a selector. That means if Akron, Ohio recruits a kid and they've been recruiting them all year and the kid's committed to Akron and Alabama's never talked to you one day in your life. And on day 20, on the 23rd hour, Nick Saban picks up the phone and says, hey, Johnny, I know you're committed to Akron and I know you're signing tomorrow to Akron, but we need a big time tight end. Our tight end fell through. Would you be coming to Alabama if I offered you? Oh, yes, sir. I'm there. Fuck the three years at Akron recruited sucking your dick. Alabama is a selector school. We call the 23rd hour. Here you go. We're offering you a scholarship. Will you sign with us tomorrow? Yes, sir. And you just shit it on Akron for three years. <laughs> Those are what's true stories in recruiting. That is called a selector school. Ohio State, Michigan, Alabama. USC used to be. Texas used to be. Uh, Florida State, Miami, and Florida used to be. Clemson was one recently. Georgia is a selector school. Um, so you got selector schools, and then you have schools that just have to go through the necessity of taking what they can get. Selector schools take what they want. Um, having said that, Oklahoma is a selector school. SC is a selector school. It's not like you were at fucking Tulsa and you got three Heismans, okay? Let's just be honest with you. You didn't even land Kyler Murray, motherfucker. You were at East Carolina as the OC. Kyler Murray signed with Texas A&M. But nobody wants to talk about that. Nobody, just, Everyone just skips right over the fact. Kyler Murray transferred to Oklahoma. He didn't go to Oklahoma. Baker Mayfield transferred to Oklahoma. He didn't go to Oklahoma because of Lincoln Riley. Listen, I think Lincoln Riley does a great job on offense. I think he's done a great job putting guys in good positions to succeed with the offense that he runs. I do like the fact that he gets under center. I do like the fact that he's teaching under center technique. I do like the fact they're running NFL formations. They're not just 10 personnel spread out all over the place throwing the football. I like the fact that Lincoln shifts motions and trades tight ends and uses multiple tight end sets, gets underneath center, like I said. He runs a lot of Sean McVay-esque, uh, Green Bay, um, 49ers type of offense, but his quarterbacks don't equate. His quarterbacks don't equate. They don't pan out in the NFL. And I made a comment. I said, listen, all I'm talking about is character. I'm not even talking about being a bust performance-wise in the NFL. I'm not even talking about being a bust, but... His quarterbacks have been bust in the NFL. Let's just be honest. Kyler Murray's a fucking bust. Baker Mayfield is a fucking bust. Spencer Rattler is a bust in college. And he's yet to be determined what he can do with his career. And now Caleb Williams is a, my opinion, another shitbird who Lincoln Riley has allowed to paint fuck Utah on his nails and allow all these other shitbirds to do what they've done for year and year and year. 
All I said was he allows you to be shitbirds and he may even create bigger shitbirds. Um, having said that, I compared Nick Saban and Pete Carroll's quarterbacks to Lincoln Riley's quarterbacks, and no one listens. All you want to do is you are so quick to to just hear what I say, so you can think you can prove me wrong that you don't listen to what the fuck I actually tell you, what I actually say. You just hear me, so you're so fast to try to prove me wrong. Well, Matt Leinart and Sam Darnold and Carson Palmer, and they didn't pan out. That's not what I said. I didn't say compare Pete Carroll and Nick Saban's quarterbacks to Lincoln Riley's quarterbacks at performance-wise. I said character-wise. Look at Alabama and Pete Carroll, and look at those quarterbacks that have gone to the NFL. They may not have panned out and been great on the field players, but they didn't. They weren't shitbirds. At least you didn't see them in the limelight as shitbirds. These other motherfuckers have all been shitbirds. That is my point on Whitlock. That was my sole point. I didn't say Lincoln Riley is a horrible coach. I don't think he's a great head coach. I think he's a great offensive coordinator. If you put Lincoln Riley in Alabama underneath Nick Saban and his culture and learning how to be a head coach, I think Lincoln can benefit. And I think Nick Saban... And Alabama would dominate college football for years to come, just like they did with Sark and Lane if Lincoln was an OC. I don't believe everyone should be head coaches. I don't believe Lincoln's a great head coach. He hires his homies on defense. The defensive coordinator is horrible. Uh, they always have been. They get waxed in the BCS. And I'm going to be honest, or in the playoff, let me be honest. If Lincoln was at any other school other than Oklahoma and SC, which he's had the fortunate ability to be at, do you get those guys? Because remember, those guys went somewhere else before you. I just want to be clear here. They chose someone else over you first. They came to you out of necessity. They were already great talents. You run an offense conducive for success at the college level. Does not equate to the NFL. And in my opinion, I call it fucking really, really lucky. You've inherited some really, really good fucking talented kids who can run your system. Why is he not recruiting the big time 6'4 kid who can get it out, slang it like Club Nick and all these other kids? You get the 5'11 mental midgets who can run triple, hide behind the O-line, run RPO, have a quick release, quick whip, can run fast, quick jitterbugs. You don't get the guy that is equivalent to a guy like Josh Allen, Burrow, who can stand in the pocket, deliver the football on time, and be efficient in the NFL. You're not getting those guys. By the way, I don't see Burrow out there doing shitbird things like these other fucks that you coach do. But I'm just throwing that out there. Um, but what do I know? What do I know? I don't know nothing. I just, oh, Coach JB, you're just hating not really. <laughs> not really hating, dog. I'm really not. Uh, not really hating. Just just keeping it 100 with you guys. He's not the quarterback guru. He's not the quarterback fucking whisperer. He's not the fucking... He's the quarterback inheritor, okay? 
Uh, just throwing that out there. But what do I know? Kyler Murray. Uh, well, first of all, the 2022 college game day was more popular than ever before, averaging 2.1 million viewers per podcast or broadcast, uh, thanks to Pat McAfee. So shout out to Pat um, to get that college game day boosted up for their numbers. Hope they pay Pat more money than he already is getting. Ohio State running back Trayvon Henderson has to have foot surgery and will miss the Peach Bowl. Of course he will. Kyler Murray didn't, in fact, tear his ACL, so he did tear it. He's done. Um, I, I, that's why I said yesterday I don't want to make a speculation, but I would not be shocked if he didn't tear it. But obviously he tore it. Uh, Baker Mayfield to start versus the Packers. So he is now the Rams' starting quarterback. Kent State is expected to hire Kenny Burns as the head coach. Uh, Purdue hires Ryan Walters as head coach. So I've known Ryan since he was a little young GA and he has climbed the ladder very, very fast. Um, I do not agree with Matt as being one of the best defensive coordinators in football or the best. I do not agree at all about that. I've sat down many times with Ryan. I think he's a good, young, bright kid. Uh, he was a GA at Colorado. He got a, got the DB job at Arizona. And then he went on and went over to Illinois, Purdue. Now he's at Purdue. Uh, so he, uh, Ryan Walters is going to, I don't know what he's going to do again, uh, has no head coaching experience. Uh, and I, look, I'm not here to hate or I'm just here to give you the facts. Okay. I, I know the kid and Idaho state hired Dan Hawkinson, who was just playing quarterback at the university of Colorado not too long ago. So we are hiring young. My boy Kenny Dillingham got the job at Arizona State. He's 30 years old. Power five head coach, the youngest in the country. Ryan Walters is a young kid. In retrospectively speaking, he's young. Dan Hawkins' son is 30 what? I don't know. How old is he? 30? He got the head coaching job at Idaho State. We're hiring young. I get it. It's a young man's game now. It's been going that way, trending that way for a few years now. That's why I was shocked that LSU hired Brian Kelly. That's why I was shocked at a few of these older hires. But some of them, you know, SEC is like, ah, these kids can't manage these kids. That's really what is happening. You don't want a kid managing a kid. Well, I was curious to see. We're going to see what Hawkins does at Idaho State, what Kenny Dillingham does at Arizona State. I think administrators now are at the point where, you know what, we're going to go on the cheap, hire young because we can't compete with NIL money. So we're going to just hire any fucking swinging dick. And uh, that is where I truly believe is what is truly believe is happening. That's just my hot take on that, too. If you want to take that, run with it, go ahead. Uh, Draymond Green got ejected, claims the fan threatened his life. Come on, Draymond. You're a gangster, homie. You're a gangster, dog. You sock players without why you're a you sock your teammates when they're least expected. You're a gangster. Draymond Green, dog, is the biggest bitch in professional sports history. And I've said it. I'm dropping the mic on that shit. Draymond Green is the biggest bitch in professional fucking sports history. 
I'll be honest. Yeah, Walters went to Missouri after uh, he went to Missouri after Arizona. You're right. Um, you're right. Uh, Cam, dog, Draymond Green, homie. He wants to cry over spilled milk like a bitch, and then he wants to tattletale on you. He wants to do what he can and then tattletale on your ass. And then he wants to get you out of there. And, oh, man, I got stories about Ryan Walters, dog. I'll be honest. Like, <laughs> we used to chop it up on the board all the time at conventions on the, on the napkins while we were drinking, getting fucked up at bars uh, when he was a young kid. And uh, so we used to go at it all the time. It's unbelievable. And trust me, I used to teach him a few things. Uh, I'll just leave it at that. And now he's a head coach of the Power Five. What do I know? Um, Four-star linebacker, Arian Carter, will commit between Alabama, Ohio State, and Tennessee today. Does anyone give a fuck? Does anyone give a fuck about who you're committing with or to? <laughs> um, hey, Joey B., I'm going to tell you right now. I don't know. Rocky Long won at San Diego State. Rocky Long won there. But this is this is the thing. I believe uh, I believe Vegas is even UNLV should even be a better hire, better job. I think UNLV should be a better job than San Diego State. But I think you can win at both. I think you should be able to win at both. I agree with you, Joey. But I think UNLV could even be a better gig. Um, so. I mean, basically, it's a, it's an hour flight, a forty five minute flight, thirty minute maybe from San Diego to L A. It's not too much farther from Vegas to L A. It's the same flight, right? If we're talking about recruiting L A. metro area, and it's not, the, it's about the same to Arizona. It's about the same to Houston. Uh, Vegas has a fifty minute jump on Houston or Dallas, right? So, I mean. We're not too far, just if we kept up, just, just if we killed the West Coast and just killed Seattle, not much in Oregon. Portland has a couple kids here and there, but Seattle, fucking Arizona, Vegas, L.A., Cali in general, Utah, Bountiful Utah, a couple kids in Salt Lake, but you go, you go there for some poly linemen, try to snatch them up out of going to Utah. And you knock out your own backyard. San Diego, there's a shitload of talent there. And there's a shitload of talent in North Vegas and Vegas. So if you knock out your home primary recruiting zones and you go out in your secondary recruiting zones and you get those guys, you should be able to win. You should be able to win in Vegas and in San Diego State. That's just what I truly believe in. Jay Henry's birthday. Congratulations. Uh, if I was too short, I'd blow the whistle. Blow the whistle. <laughs> um, I got to check my soundboard. Touchdown. Touchdown. Ticker. First down. First down. Doorbell. Fuck. I don't want to I don't want to hit that. My dogs are all gonna think that I'm outside. Um 
What do you guys think about making the MVP trophy Michael Jordan and making the defensive trophy Akeem Olajuwon and making the most clutch trophy, who they name it? Dog, what in the fuck are we doing? Why do we have to name the trophy something? And you know why they did it in the middle of the season, right? Because they don't believe there's a clear-cut favorite for the MVP of the NBA. They don't think there was a clear-cut favorite. So you know what's happening? They're, they made these awards changes, made these sexy, fancy trophies real quick. So now guess what? Now you're gonna get an ex, you're gonna get an accelerated play over the next two or three months in the NBA because everyone wants that Michael Jordan trophy first. You know damn well everybody's chasing the first Michael Jordan MVP trophy. So you're gonna get Giannis, Luca, uh, Tatum. All these motherfuckers who are in the running are going to go balls to the wall and we're going to try to get the Michael Jordan trophy. And you're going to get these guys like Embiid and, and whoever else, Giannis, on defense to get the fucking Akeem Olajuwon trophy. They want to be the first one because we are in a clickbait retweet society where we have to just do the, we have to like it. We have to be the guy that's clickbaity so we can prove to the world that we're the first one that got it done. I'm the first Michael Jordan recipient MVP winner. Well, no, it's the fucking MVP, dog. Why do we have to call it something? And why Kobe didn't get nothing then? Kobe didn't get nothing? Kobe didn't get no fucking nothing? Come on, man. Come on, dog. Um... Head coaches from Mike Leach's tree. We talked about uh, there's there's quite a bit of guys on that tree. Uh, Lane Kiffin came out and stated that he can't imagine what college football would look like today without Mike Leach. Has Leach influenced college football more than anyone else in the same span? That is the new question to ask you guys in the, com in the community. Uh, do you guys think that they should or shouldn't? Do you think that, that Lane Kiffin's right? Uh, has Mike Leach... Influence college football more than anyone else in the same span. I don't believe he's influenced football. I think Nick Saban has influenced football more. I just believe Mike Leach, because of the fact that he didn't get a natty and he didn't win anything meaningful, uh, you know, he never played. Mike Leach never played. He's a guy that went and got his law degree at Pepperdine. He's from California, grew up in the Valley out here. He, uh, Got his law degree. Um, love California. I talked to him several times about it. He used to give me funny stories. Um, I'm just glad I got to know the guy and and and, and send players to him. Uh, I'm trying to get Calvin Jackson on this week. He was going to try to come on today. Um, he played for Mike at uh, Washington State, obviously. So did another few of my players. So I'm going to try to get my players on who played for Mike, uh, Coach Leach, and then uh, that should be good conversation. So you can get some stories you never hear on espn or anywhere else so we'll try to get that done calvin's just busy trying to make a roster in the nfl right now so uh he's gonna try to jump on he was gonna come on this morning and, and i was gonna surprise everybody and talk about leech with him uh but we'll try to get that done this week uh we'll dedicate the whole week to coach leech uh why not right we dedicate it to these other fucks out here who don't even have even close to the impact 
that Leach has had on so many kids and players. Um, I don't know if he's influenced, uh, if he's an influential uh, coach as well as much as he is a popular character. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I think to have uh, influence on college football. I guess you can argue he can, he has influenced a lot of things, but it's more for other things other than winning. I guess that's what I'm trying to convey. I don't know if that makes sense. Um, but, you know, I, I believe he's just one of those guys that, you know, he's done so many great things because of the character he is. People love him for who he is, what he says, and how he says it. I don't know if people are influenced by him because he's won football games. Now, he, ha- he does do well at places he takes over. Mississippi State was irrelevant. So was Wazoo. So was Texas Tech. Leach has done well. He's, he, he's turned them into something. He, he, he had a hell of a undefeated year at Texas Tech uh, for a while there. He had a good year, and then they lost. But he, 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 he had a great year going at Washington State. He's had several good years there. Um, but you know, I don't know if he's going to go down as being one of the most influential college football coaches in his life, same span. I think Nick Saban, uh, you would have to say is that, but you know, each his own, we all have our own niche and our own qualities and coach Leach had his own, you know, he had his own, so. But he was a good dude, man. Um, he was a good dude. Yeah, Sean, I saw that. I remember that, too, uh, when he was talking about Pitt State, the, the famous Division II school in Kansas, Pittsburgh, Kansas, not too far from Independence, about 40 minutes. Uh, I used to go there quite a bit, recruit the high school there. Oh, Pitt State are the gorillas. They have one of the biggest jumbotrons in college football, even though they're a Division II. They probably have the best Division II facilities in America. They have they have better facilities than a lot of Division I FCS schools. Um, if you've never been to Pitt State in Pittsburgh, Kansas, they used to be a national powerhouse Division II. Uh, the JUCO national title game was played there a few years ago. Now they moved to Arkansas. I believe this year, uh, somebody told me yesterday, Hutch uh, is playing Iowa Western. Um, I went two and one versus Hutch, by the way. Uh, they are, uh, they're going to play Iowa Western in the championship. Uh, I only played Iowa Western once. So, um, college football, all Americans came out. Can't wait to talk to, uh, can't wait to talk to, uh, Chase senior about that. The, uh, first team offense, Caleb Williams, not only got the Heisman, he got the quarterback, right? Uh, B. John Robinson at Texas, uh, Blake Curm at, 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 at Michigan Corum. He got those two are the running backs. Jalen Hyatt, Marvin Harrison Jr. are the two receivers. Uh, the tight end is Brock Bowers, who may be the next Kelsey or somebody like that. Kittle. He reminds me more of a Gronk or a Kittle than a Kelsey, um, to be honest. I think Kelsey's more athletic. I think Brock Bowers, though, is a Kittle or a Gronk type of guy. Or even a guy that's in Baltimore. What's his name? Uh, forgot the tight end's name there. Um he does a good job there. Um, Northwestern offensive tackle, Pete Skoransky. Uh, Florida offensive guard, Cypress Torrance. Michigan center, 
the African uh, cat Oluwantamimi, the K-State offensive guard Cooper Beebe, and Notre Dame's other tackle, Joe Alt, uh, were named All-American. Uh, so on defense, USC's defensive end, um, Tuli Tupoloto, um, got defensive end. I believe that's the kid at Ohio State, isn't it? I don't know. I thought that was the guy at Ohio State. I know the Polynesian at Ohio State um, is a uh, is a is a kid that's going to be a first rounder. Um, the Jalen Carter kid at Georgia, D tackle. Will Anderson, of course, at Alabama. Uh, Pittsburgh's D tackle, uh, Cansey was All American. So Georgia had D tackle Jalen Carter, linebacker uh, Jamin Dumas Johnson. And they also had, in honor of Coach Leach, Emmanuel Forbes, Mississippi State cornerback, was named first-team All-American. So, uh, TCU corner, Trevius Hodges Tomlinson, Ladanian Tomlinson's little nephew, was also named uh, first-team All-American. And so was Alabama safety, Brian Branch. So Georgia and Alabama both had two on defense. Um, Oregon State's kick returner, Anthony Gould, was named All-American. And South Carolina's punter, Kay Groger, was All-American. So, uh, interesting. Miami also had Cameron Kitchens, uh, safety, named All-American. and But Miami was shitty, so nobody gives a fuck. Um, so, we'll see. Uh Well, my JUCO could have beat some programs. We would have beat KU's ass. Brian Beatty even told me, or David Beatty, I'm sorry, a good friend of mine, the head coach at KU at the time, we, we used to actually sit down and have conversations, serious ones, and he's like, JB, you'd beat the fuck out of us. This was back just when Brian Beatty was the head coach. David Beatty was the head coach. I know Brian Beatty, too. That's why I keep saying that. David Beatty was the head coach at KU. Um, David Beatty just got a job with... Uh, Um, Zach Smith's boy, Tom Herman at Florida Atlantic. So shout out to David Beatty. David's a good dude, man. Salt of the earth. Great dude. Good coach. Um, he coached, uh, Evans at A&M and, um, he had a lot of guys. Uh, he's a Texas high school coach, uh, Texas high school, um, coaches association board member. He's a legendary high school guy in Texas, but anyway, he, uh, he was the head coach at KU, and we used to talk about that shit all the time. Dog, just understand something. People don't realize. People always want to say and that don't know shit. Oh, JB, you just coached Juco. Well, guess what? I also coached 28 NFL players, eight that won a Super Bowl. And you know what? A lot of Division I coaches can't say that. So, sorry, but I had better players than 90% of the Division I schools across the board. You know why? Because your Division One players that I had were Division One players, and I don't even recruit Division One players. I had to recruit NFL players. So if you can become an NFL talent, that's who I went after: Jermaine Johnson, Emmett Gooden, Raheem Boyd. I went after Calvin Jackson, Delrick Abrams. I went after NFL talent, not just Division One talent. That is what separated me from the rest. Now, having said that. I had 40 Division I guys every single year. Okay? So just put that into perspective. It's not hard to figure out. 
If I have 40 Division I, 20 Power 5 guys every year on my roster, do the math. Division I-wise, you get 85 scholarships, dog. <laughs> you got 15 to 20 walk-ons. You get a lot of other guys that are preferred walk-ons. So if you do the math, there's only fucking 22 on the field at a time. I could have done that. I had 40 every year. 45 my second... 45 the big time year. So I'm just saying, we had as much or more talent than a lot of mid-major uh, universities. And uh, I think we would have beat the shit out of the MAC conference. I think we would have beat KU and a couple other schools back then. K-State was shitty for a minute. We'd have beat a lot of those teams. People laugh and don't understand that. Well, guess what? It's true. <laughs> it's true. So, just so you know. Um, Tyler Murray's out for the year. The Cardinals are 4-9. Do you see Cliff as being on the hot seat? And will his next stop be back in college? Now, with Mississippi State open, do you think that Cliff is salivating? I, I This is something that I... It's unfortunate, man. But this is a fucking dog-eat-dog world. I bet you there's a shitload of coaches right now that just took jobs that are now like, fuck, Mississippi State's open. Now, I don't believe they're doing it out of malintent and maliciously speaking, thinking that, fuck this, you know what I mean? I just think that the shit is that, that has happened in the last 48, 72 hours with Coach Leach has probably have has people sitting there like, damn. Like, think about it. Deion Sanders just left that state. You don't think he'd be considered right now if this was just a normal firing? You don't think Dion would be considered for Mississippi State job? Man, I don't know, dude. I, I wouldn't be shocked that I that 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 Dion gets a phone call. I'm just gonna be honest with you. Like, wouldn't you? If you're the AD, wouldn't you think about it? Wouldn't you think about Dion coming there? Because I'm telling you right now, you can outpay Colorado. You can out-resource Colorado. I'm just telling you, if you're going to go outside on this Mississippi State hire, um, you better fucking get a guy that's going to be uplifting and that can corral a community, not just the school, not just the kid. It has to be Starkville. It has to be the entire fucking community. It has to be Hell State. It has to be the whole thing. And those guys aren't easy to find. Coach Leach was one of those guys. He's gone. You have to find that guy. And who is that guy right now in college football? Just telling you, I'm just asking, I'm throwing that out there, dog. Who is the guy? Is it, is it, is it Lane Kiffin? Do you leave a in-state rival for that? Because you love Mike Leach so much? Ah, man, now we're cutting fucking hairs. Now we're cutting hairs. We're committing coaching suicide, which he just avoided by not going to Auburn. 
So we're just speculating here, dog. I don't have any sources. I haven't heard any of this shit. I'm just speculating myself. And if something happens, don't be shocked because there's only a few guys out there that can uplift a community. And that means they have to have a strong social media presence. That means they have to have a sell a car to me, get it, get me to buy it presence. Lane Kiffin, I think, can do that. Uh, Dion, I think, can do that with his late you know, popularity in this business. Um, well, I know I could do it, but we're not going to talk about that shit. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I love, I, you know, that'd be great, but there's no, there's just, you know, that, I love all the fans. I love all the people that 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 push for me to be a coach. I get all these memes. I get all these gifts and gifs or whatever the fuck they're called. I get these fucking posts every time a job opens. Coach JB, I get it, but you don't understand the hiring process in this thing. First of all, they're never going to hire me. Second of all, that's not how this works. It's not like you throw in your resume and tell the AD, "Hey, I love the interview." <laughs> this isn't high school, so. It's not JUCO. You don't get a chance to throw your resume in. It's not that way. So, Cam, shit. Give me those resources, Cam. You fucking imagine. Cam, we just had these conversations. I just had this conversation with some Division One coaches the other day because I was coaching this Army All-American game. We had these Zoom meetings. And uh, some big-time coaches, Scott Frost, Houston Nutt, uh, Sean Salisbury, Noel Mazzoni, we're all on these calls. And they're like, you know why JB ain't in this thing? Because we're talking football and everyone's like, God damn, JB knows all this shit. And they're just sitting there like, it's unbelievable. And they all know, though, because they're in that fraternity. They're like, you know why JB not coaching? They can't let JB in this business. JB will take this fucking business over. Now, I'm not going to say who said it, but it's coming from some well-known prominent guys. Because I've been told that for years and years and years by Pete Carroll and you name it, everyone else. They know if I got a big-time job that those kids are all coming, dog. I'm going to be honest. I'm not lying to you. I'm not making up. I'm not being boastful and cocky and arrogant. Cam, tell them the real. Give me a fucking job at, a, at any big-time school. The kids are coming. I'm sorry. Even in this shitty-ass NIL deal. Now, do I want to deal with this shit? Probably not. But I'm just telling you, the kids will come. And you will have an issue, America. You will have an issue. Because I will get your ass to come. Just keeping it funky. But nobody wants to talk about that. But guess what? We'll hire fucking Cody Hawkins instead. (laughs) Uh, You're right. Cam, it'd be fucking Pete Carroll. Uh, oh, I don't know, dog. I don't know if I do. I, I don't, I, I'll be honest. I, I, I see the questions. If you, would you be an assistant and all this? I don't know because I just don't know if I want to do that. I don't know if I want to do that anymore right now. I don't, I don't want to do, I don't know if I want to do it right now. Um, because to be honest, 
the, the business has changed so much. I don't know if I have the drive to go out and chase these cats around because I'm not going to beg them to stay with me. I'm not going to beg them to come. I'm going to recruit them honestly and be genuine and get them to the next level and teach them how to become better humans. But can you can you do that in this day and age with people throwing bags at you? The one thing I will say, my kids won't get snatched because that I lost them. They're, they're going to get, I don't think, I've never lost a kid in my life. So that's the one challenge that I would not mind facing. I would love to face that challenge. Can I still get them? Can I keep them? And can everyone else be mad at me once again and hate me because they can't be me? <laughs> I would love to go out like Willie Lump Lump. I'm not going out like Willie Lump Lump, though. I would love to do that and, and, and make them all eat a shit sandwich. But having said that, uh-oh, Hot Girls is in the house. Um, God damn, I hate these fucking things. Um, Damien Kites is in here. Uh, I'm not a coach. I know. God damn, I love the, the trolls. I love the dick riders. Cam, these motherfuckers come in here, dog, and... Oh, it's so funny. <laughs> Don't you love it, motherfucker, coming to your show just to talk shit because they have no life in their bottom feeders and their dick riders? Don't you love that shit? I love it. I love seeing the dick riding trolls who live with their mama, suck on their titties, work at Walmart, and just are mad at me because I took their bitch at the prom. I just love it. I love it. <laughs> I fucking love it. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't. The issue is, dog, I couldn't do a consulting gig. I'm not going to do a quality control gig. I'm not going to do any of those things. So... That's just kind of what it is. Um, I am going to take some calls today. Uh, Chase Sr. joins me here in about 20 minutes. Um, we're still trying to get Calvin Jackson on. He's trying to figure it out. And uh, we're going to check that out and see what's up uh, with that. And uh, we're going to go from there. Um, having said that, I'm going to go take a piss. Get me a coffee and get ready for the next hour and a half. Chase Senior joins me. We're going to break down all things football. Kyler Murray being hurt. Uh, we're going to break that down, plus so much more. Um, plus, we're going to talk about the top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL, which uh, does my list change from this commercial break. I'll be right back. Uh, my top 10. All right. I'm going to get into my top 10. Matt asked yesterday about my top 10, and he spit his out real quick. I'm going to pull mine up on the ticker below so the world can see. You can all fucking go, oh, the fucking chat. 400 people are going to talk shit. I don't fucking care. So here we go. I'm going to go Tom Brady. Here we go. Before I pull it up, before, I know you guys saw everything. I'm going to use this criteria. You've had, for me, you've had to at least, to be in my top five, have won a Super Bowl, been to Super Bowl, and just one of the elite of elite. All right? That is how my criteria kind of is. So here we go. 
Tom Brady, who's the GOAT as far as wins. I do not believe he's the best as far as skill set, but I do believe he's the best quarterback. All right, we're not going to get at that fucking thing uh, as far as winning and losing. Um, so Agreed. that's number one for me. Um, I got Troy Aikman because I believe Troy Aikman can travel to any era and be as accurate as any quarterback of all time. He is the fucking – people do not – you're 40 years old, Matt. How do you not believe in fucking Troy Aikman? You know how good he was? Do you really know how good he was? The second best quarterback of all time? Yeah, dog. Do you know how good Troy, Troy Aikman fucking was? Aikman? Do you know how good he was? Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Elway, I got at three. I got Montana at four. Manning at five. Rodgers at six. Favre at seven. Uh, both of those are very close skill set wise. Both have a Super Bowl, been to two. Marino at eight. All right, I'm sorry, yeah, at eight. Bradshaw at nine because he won so much. He's not as talented as anyone else. And Steve Young at ten because of uh, just he was the first lefty to really dominate his position. Um, that's my top ten. I'll just let it keep ticking, dog. I'm gonna mute my channel. Go ahead. Uh, I don't have a problem with the rest of the top ten, but Troy Aikman even being on the list. Makes you're, me you're, just, you're shitting me, right? You're telling me, me Troy shit is not a top 10 quarterback. No, here's mine. Brady, Manning, Elway, Montana, Marino, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, oh, Steve, Steve Young, Mahomes, and Jim Kelly. See, this is the problem I have. With Troy this. fucking Aikman. Oh, dog. I... It, Drew Brees couldn't hold Troy Aikman's fucking left nutsack from behind his asshole. Drew Brees runs circles around Troy Aikman. Huh? Drew Brees runs circles around Troy Aikman, bro. Bro, Danny White could have won those Super Bowls with those. This is how I break. And and people in the chat, Jim Kelly over Aikman. Really? Aikman beat Jim Kelly twice in Super Bowls, you dumb fuck. no, 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 no. Troy Aikman's team beat Jim Kelly. You, so put Jim Kelly on the, you put Jim oh, Kelly so on the so Cowboys, they win six team beat fucking seven teams. Troy Aikman is maybe the most overrated quarterback ever. See, I, I, I almost think that I can say that about Tom Brady. Oh, my fucking God. Oh, my God. Oh, Tom How Brady. can you say Tom Brady is oh, overrated? Tom Brady played in the worst conference for 20 years of all time in the NFL history. Look, that's true. He played in the worst division ever. I, I know. I played in it. But and, he's not and let, me, let, me, let me break this down, though. If you compare Troy Aikman and Tom Brady, and they we go out here on the park and go fucking throw the football around the park, it ain't even fucking close. Look, no one's saying, that, no one's saying that Troy Aikman couldn't throw the ball. He was extremely accurate. And he did a great job running the system that he was asked to run. What, what but, did he do bad? Oh, Troy Aikman. Matt McChesney. Man, some people don't know. They don't know unless they know. Um, I'm having an issue with my mail, man. People are fucking... Uh, Um, Chase Senior is going to join us to talk about Aiden Payne. Drop me your resume. I love when people tell me Troy Aikman ain't top four. 
And that's all you say. Aiden, I love when you say that. Troy Aikman ain't top four. <laughs> so give me your facts. Why not? Why is he not? Why is he not top four? So you can't give me no facts. That's why you just talk. You, you, you guys make statements and then you hide behind fake names and you run away. Why can't, why isn't he not a top four? Break it down. See, I break down why he is. You can't break down why he's not. That's the fucking difference between a resume that has something on it that is actually meat and potatoes compared to Walmart and doing what you do. See, a lot of us need to know how to stay in our lane. We need to see. I'm not going to go into your lane and become an accountant. I'm not going to go into your lane and tell the people in your job that, hey, dog, you need to manage your money this way. No, because I'd be lying to them and I'd be setting them up for failure. I don't know shit about accounting. Um, that is like you in this profession. You don't know shit about it. You assume to know, which even makes it worse. So I'm sorry that I have to break this down to you and be truthful to you. That hurts the feelings of you yourself. But the truth of the matter is you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. So you should just shut the fuck up, Aiden. <laughs> Here's his, here's his rebuttal. Aiden sucks, bro. <laughs> Can't tell you why. He, he's, he's probably 22 years old. He never saw Aikman play. Hey, Aiden is, uh, let me guess, Lamar Jackson's better? Come on, tell me who's better right now. Tell me who's better. Who do you like better? Who is better than Troy Aikman right now? I want to hear your names. Here we go, Aiden. Aiden can't even tell me who the fuck's better than Aikman. All he wants to do is use the things that I've said and then say, if I was the quarterback for the Cowboys, I would be winning Super Bowls. Yeah, it's so, yeah, you would have. You sure would have. Aiden, give me your top five quarterbacks of all time. I, I can't wait to hear it. I want to hear it. Um... While we wait on Chase um, and just shoot the shit a little bit, um, I'm gonna drop the chat in the. Uh, I'm gonna drop the link in the chat. Um, if you're a member, you can call in. If you're not a member, you're not calling in. So Aiden, don't call in because you're not a member. Now go pay the dollar ninety nine and become a member, and then call in and debate me. This motherfucker said Patrick Mahomes is better than Troy Aikman. Fuck. But he can't tell me why. He cannot tell me anything about why he's better. He can't tell me that he's in a softest era of all time protecting the quarterback. He won't tell me those things at all. He won't tell me that we're in a league where we can't even touch the receivers five yards down the field. How quarterbacks can't get hit. Receivers can't get hit over the middle. Uh, targeting calls. All these bullshit soft-ass rules. And... Aikman used to be able to get hit in the fucking face with a helmet and deliver the football on time. He won't even mention any of those things, but he'll just say Mahomes. Because <laughs> he don't know. Why are they better, dog? Why? 
Why are they better? Why are they better? Rocky, what up, man? You disappeared on me, homie. Hey, man. Hey, that's what happens when your boss comes in when you're in the middle of bullshit, hey, I, I man. I figured it was your boss, dog. I was like, shit, the motherfucker, the, 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 is he a white boy? No, nah, well, I, I don't know. Shit, I don't really know. Shit. I'm just he looked he look white. Shit. So, but no, nah, no, nah, he cool. He's a cool cat, man. But no, nah, no. Nah, uh, but no, nah, I, I wanted to uh, talk to you about, uh, like, I don't think you can truly compare quarterbacks like Aikman to Lamar. You know what I mean? Because they play the game different. Oh, yeah, you can't. You can't. The game is coached different, right? Now, now I'm a Cowboy. I grew up a Cowboy fan, and, and I actually loved the 90s Cowboys. But I, when we had when, – when Aikman aged, Emmitt was gone, Mike aged, you saw what a dependent player Aikman was. And I used to criticize him really harsh about him, about him, especially because I look at him, maybe he wasn't that good, you know, or maybe he was a product of the system. But I realized that the quarterback is a dependent position. And if you and if you have elite wide receivers and elite running backs and elite offensive line, the game looks the way it's supposed to look. And when you don't have those things, right? It can expose you as a quarterback, and that's every quarterback. And we're seeing that now with uh, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. You know, when you don't have those those foundational things uh, taken care of, like protection, a sound running game, and competent wide receivers, you can look bad, man. You can. Let me let me let me ask you this though. To me, it's the all time. It's. We're in the worst generation of quarterback play I've ever seen in my entire 46 years of history. This is the worst I've ever seen. And you know what's the worst also? Football in totality. Football being played every Sunday is the worst I've ever witnessed. And you know why that is? Because quarterback play is the worst I've ever seen. If your quarterback play is not good, your teams aren't good. And you're not going to win a Super Bowl with average quarterback play. Trent Dilfer may have been the most average quarterback Nick Foles, you can maybe add in that on that list. Uh, Doug Williams did enough to win win one. Mark Rippon. I mean, there's been a few guys, Terry Bradshaw, but for the most part, you got to be a fucking elite guy at that position to lead your team to a Super Bowl. And I'm just being honest. Well, Troy Aikman dog inherited a one in fifteen roster. And got three Super Bowls. And if Jimmy Johnson stayed, he probably has five Super Bowls. I'll argue that with anyone in this fucking business. He probably has five Super Bowls. And now we're talking about one of the greatest of all time because he trails Tom Brady by two. So, like, that's what people don't really want to talk about. Barry Switzer came in as a fill-in guy and basically won with Jimmy's guys. And Jimmy would have kept that going for at least two more years, in my opinion. Um but, Barry was not an NFL guy at all, and he had enough real quick um, dealing okay. with millionaire prima donnas. He was like, I'm not doing this shit. I'm getting out Barry Swiss is probably my all-time favorite coach. But check this here, uh, JB. I've seen this happen in high school football that's happening in the NFL. I'm in Texas, right? And you say it's poor, it's quarterback players down and all this here kind of stuff. I think it's kind of different. I saw this, I saw this in Texas. And it's still going on. I wish it would stop. Now, everybody 
on offense is pretty much running the same concepts. And when you when you run in the same concepts, then defenses, once they get familiar, including on what you're running, they can literally dominate you and make you look real bad. And that's what's happening in defenses. Like, like that's why I'm going to say Jalen Hurst is a good quarterback. But because the scheme is so different than anybody else runs, right, it's almost like he catches each team off guard the first time he plays them, and they have no clue what the heck is going on. Like with, with the Eagles? Yeah. Really? I think they're running the same shit everybody else is running. No, no, man. They running, they running power. They they running old school power. They uh they running power read, dog. You, are you really seeing Jalen Hurts is pulling that bitch off the backside? They're running power read, they're running flash counter, which a lot of people don't even understand what it is. I had Dan Orlovsky call me the other day to ask me how to explain it on his ESPN show. That's true story. I can show you. It is reading the backside in, but we're pulling for the cue. So if the backside in crashes, we give the football off going right, which is away from the pullers. So we're blocking for the quarterback encounter. We're giving the running back the ball naked. It's called flash counter. I've been doing this shit since 06. But, but Nobody's James, doing that. Guess, the Eagles do it. Guess who else does it? The Ravens, the, Bear, the Bears. There's guys doing similar things. What you're seeing is the Eagles having the best offensive line in football the best running game in football, uh, c- compile that with Jalen Hurts being efficient. Dog, 50% of Jalen Hurts' throws are at or behind the line of scrimmage. That ain't different to me. Sorry. No, no, no. What I'm saying is, JB, the running game, the running game they feature is not like any other running game in the league, in my opinion. In my opinion. The way and, they outnumber you, right, the way you running a lot of stuff for. Jalen Hurts, they're giving them options out backdoor uh, reads that people don't see. The, the novice fan don't realize what the Eagles are doing on offense. They're doing some shit that Lamar and the Ravens were doing the last couple of years. They're doing some things that the novice fan just don't get. And it's very complex up front. People don't realize what's happening. And it is benefiting uh, Miles Sanders and the other kid uh, that, that comes in the game for the Eagles and Jalen Hurts. So they're rushed. There's a... They ran for 400 damn yards on the Packers. Like, their O-line is legit. They are getting things done. They're putting uh, – they're just like I am, man, angle and opportunity. They're finding the right angle and opportunity in their offense to take mismatches and and, and be able to use those mismatches against uh, the other teams. And you got A.J. Brown outside, dog, with uh, with Smith, who can just blow the top off. You got a pretty damn good team um, surrounding Hurts. Hurts just can't fuck it up. Well, I just think the – so – so I'm a Cowboy fan, right? And we so we're so hurt, we're so scared that Dak gonna get hurt. We won't even do any plus one running game with the quarterback, and they giving us the plus one running game when they're trying to line up and defend CD Lamb, and but we won't do it. Like if you give this, is what I think, Jalen Hurts, when they give him the plus one running game, he 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 audibles right into it and outnumbers the defense and, and gets that five or six, seven yards. And he's at second and four, second and five, second and three. And then the whole playbook is wide open, man. He's benefiting, I think, from not running a traditional spread pass happy offense. 
I think I think that makes it hard on defenses when they when they play pass happy offenses, eighty five to ninety percent of the time, and then you go with a run dominant scheme. You know, it's it's the same thing that Air Force used to do to people with the option, and even Barry Switzer at Oklahoma with the option. When you when you when you have a variety of schemes and styles, you get to really see how good a defense is, and you just don't have that in the NFL now, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I agree. You know, Jalen Hurts thrown for 3,000 yards, 2,800 yards, and 22 touchdowns, three picks. 68% completion percentage, which is okay. And they're 12-1. and one. I mean, you can't argue that, right? They th- he's thrown he, – he, he, he's like MVP conversation. He's up there. Um, yeah, last question, JB. 12 touchdowns and two interceptions. To me, it wasn't enough. 22 to 3 now is a little more. Now he does have eight rushing touchdowns as well. See, that's what I was going to ask you. Why why do you why do you not equate rushing yards and rushing touchdowns in your quarterback evaluation? I see you disregard that all the time when you're talking about quarterbacks. You don't consider their rushing yards or their rushing ch- touchdowns as as part of their total evaluation. Not in the NFL. Uh, obviously, I run this type of shit on. If I if I had these cats, I would I would love to have Justin Fields, Lamar in my offense in college. Uh, absolutely, I'm using that shit. We're running straight up QB run game, right? But in the NFL, the reason I don't do it because when it comes to peeling our ears back and we run in all these complex schemes in the NFL, which you're going to see when it comes down to crunch time, nut crunching time, which is NFL playoffs. These defensive coordinators get millions of dollars to scheme your ass. And until you can prove to me that you can win a Super Bowl running around, I'm yet, I'm going to continue to fight that and tell you you have to win football games by throwing the football on time into anticipatory windows. And you running around back there is not going to get it done. You're going to end up getting DNs to spy you and drop. You're going to get fire zones. You're going to get coverage rotations that flop out of there. You're going to get caught with your dick in your hand. And then guess what? Now your run lanes are fucked. You can't run the football like you did in the regular season. And until you throw the football and prove to me that Jalen Hurts can win a game in the playoffs by throwing the ball. Now listen, if Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson sat back there and ran triple option and they they just diced the league and went through the playoffs and won a Super Bowl, dog, I'd be telling you different. But I ain't seen that happen, dog, until it does. I'm not going to include 10 rushing touchdowns in the regular season as something that's going to win a Super Bowl. All right. All right. Hey, and to Sean Waffle, man, I know Barry Switzerland ran the wishbone, bro. But it's just an option is you optioning off an unblocked player, right, if you didn't know that. It's the same same basic concept. It's just a different version of the option. No, yeah. I'm out of here, JB. Thanks, man. All right, brother. I appreciate you. Hector, what up? What's good, coach? Man, chilling, man. Chilling. I see that bad MGM uh, hoodie on. <laughs> Just chilling, having my coffee, catching the show before I hit the gym. I, I, lost, uh, I, lost a little, I lost some more money last night, but fuck it. Short, fast, getting tall. Bet it all. I, I, got, I got two things for you, coach. Uh, First one, first question is, what percentage of players, obviously, that don't make it to the NFL become coaches? What percentage of players that don't play? 
Well, what percentage of players become NFL coaches or even college coaches too? Less than one. Really? This is the thing. Are you asking just who goes into the profession or who actually does good well? Who goes into the profession? Um, I don't know that number offhand, but I, I do know there's a lot of players that get into coaching. I mean, it starts off in college. They want to go GA or whatever. Most guys that play at the big-time four-year level that don't go to the NFL or go to the NFL, get cut or get injured, they come back and be grad assistants or, or GAs, and they work their way up. So this guy, like Ryan Walters, this kid, at the head coach at Purdue now, he was a GA, played at Colorado, played, and then he became a GA, and then he worked his way up when he knew he couldn't play in the NFL. Uh, there's a ton of guys. There's a ton of guys that go into coaching after playing. Uh, I got DJ Williams played for me on on the show at Indy, went to, went to Utah State, GA to BYU last year, and now he got the DB job at Northern Colorado. Uh, Ed Lamb got the job there as the head coach, left BYU, took him with him as the DB coach. So he's making a living now. He's coaching. I mean, players go coach all the time. I don't know how many succeed um, for the simple fact that uh, when you're a good player, a lot of good players most of the time aren't good coaches because they just expect these guys to do what they did like Dion and all these guys. Dion has changed the game in his, in my aspect because he's not – when he was coaching high school in Dallas, he was expecting those kids to do what he did, and he kind of struggled. I think he's realized and grown from, okay, these cats aren't me. They can't do what I did, even with four fucking toes cut off. You know what I mean? They probably can't do what I do. So uh, so I don't know. It's it, 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 Mike Singletary was horrible. Um there's been a lot of coaches that have gone in and play uh, that have coached that have been bad. Um, but a lot of coaches or players go into coaching that I don't know the percentage though, but I would say it's pretty good. I mean, it, but how many go to the NFL and make it? Not a lot. The, the reason why I'm asking that is because when I listen to your show, you know, I'm not looking for you to say trigger words and then spam the chat. I'm actually listening to what you're saying. And you got me thinking. I'm like, if all these kids now are shitbirds, is that the new generation of coaches that are going to then be mentoring the next generation of, of athletes? And I'll tell you one thing. Good, good point. Good question. I'll tell you this. I talked to DJ today. I told him, dog, don't fucking be their homie. Don't fucking be cool with them. Go coach them. Mentor them. Be hard on their ass. Love them later. Uh, and he was like, oh, yeah, coach, I'm on it. I already know. I'm not going to lie. He was one of those kids that took coaching, though, from me. Uh, and now he's using it. A lot of these cats I see across the country, especially in high school and youth, they're trying to be these kids' homies. They're trying to kick it with them so they don't transfer on them. They're trying to be cool with them. That is the problem I, that I see. So it is a great point that you're bringing up. Um and it's a great question, dog. I, I don't know. Um, I don't know what what's in store. We may have the biggest shitbird era of all time. If we, you get shitbirds coaching. Now, I don't know how many of those kids are actually shitbirds. I think it kind of gets weed through. I don't think the shitbirds that are players actually end up coaching because they just don't they won't make it through. And I don't think they'll be hired in the first place, mm -hmm. even if they're great players. If you're a big time shitbird, 
I don't think I don't see Kyler Murray coaching fucking QBs for the Rams in 10 years. Well, if the pool of coaches is starting to get infiltrated by shippers, wouldn't that also uh kind of incentivize or open the door for these mathematicians and data guys that have not played the sport and I mean they're not shippers or smart guys you know what I'm saying like yeah like Mike will uh, the weirdo fucking Miami and the guy uh Staley and and all these type of guys exactly yeah. I agree with you I hear you um Hold on real quick, Hector. Let me get before Chase jumps in. Let me take Jay Henry's call. He called in. Jay, what up? What's up, Coach? Hey, you're right there, man. And uh and and Coach Leach's uh neck of the woods. Uh how's that area right now? Is it somber in Mississippi? Yeah, it's pretty sad the last few days, you know. Uh is it like is it sad like at the fucking gas station where the whole town hangs out, all eight of you fucks? At the gas station, and you guys are kicking it, and you fucking are all sad. Is that what's happening, or what's going on? I mean, I don't know how it is in Starkville. I'm sure it's very sad there, but a bunch of people at my job the other day were, like, coming through and, like, talking to me about it, you know, because I always was aware something maroon and white, you know. But, uh, you know, I've been a fan of Mike Leach since – he was at Texas Tech coaching there, and you know I thought that offense was amazing. And then you know that crap that happened there, which turned out not to be true. And hey, then uh, he winds up at Washington State. Hey, 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 Coach Davis brings out a good point though. Your bill is flat as fuck. What kind of hat is that? I gotta ask. <laughs> it's a flat bill hat. It, that motherfucker will cut wind now. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's the flattest fucking bill I've ever seen, dog. Hey, shout out to Mike Leach in Mississippi. Uh, how far are you from Starkville? Uh, I'm about an hour and a half, two hours. Okay. I go up there every now and then, like, to go to games and stuff. But, uh, you know. Hey. I love him at Washington State, watching there. Uh, one of the guys he coached up there was actually from Mississippi, Gardner Minshew. And then you know when he got hired here, yeah. I was stoked. I was I was like, oh my god, we just hired hired a dime. Nah, no doubt. Uh, it's sad for the coaching community, man. You were involved with coaching with me, so you know the business and everything. So it's kind of kind of fucked up. So I don't know. It's it's interesting. Um, man, I gotta get out of here. Get chasing here. Uh, appreciate you, Jay. Hmm? No problem. Uh, Hector, man, we get out of here. I got to take a little break before Chase comes on. Uh, Chase is having a computer issue. He's about to jump in here, though. And uh, I'm going to put these damn dogs up uh, real quick because they're acting a fucking fool. And then, uh, man, I hope you stay on the rest of the show. Chase is going to join us. We're going to talk some things. I got to ask you some betting things here in a minute. Sounds good, Coach. All right, I'll be right back. Peace. But what do I know when I talk about the transfer portal being as shitty as it is, watering down college football? But what do I know when I say the landscape is completely open to anyone beating anyone? Have I not said it on this show? 
Did I not say it just a couple of days ago? Did I not do a video on Twitter about it? Did I not talk about it on my shows here? And people just, nah, coach, hell no. Really? So Appalachian State goes into AM, a $40 million booster loaded roster. Coach makes $10 million a year. The head coach, Coach Clark at at Appalach- uh, Appalachian State makes 425k a year. But what do I know? Appalachian State has one four-star player on their roster, FYI. One. Texas A&M has 56 four or five-star players. Go look it up. Go Google it. Go check it out. Go look it up. the head coach makes. Texas A&M special teams coordinator makes $1 million. So what do you think Appalachian State special teams coordinator makes? I'd say maybe 100K. Maybe 100K. Maybe 100K. Maybe 100K. What do you think their quarterback coach makes? 45, 50. You know AM's quarterback coach makes? $325,000. Almost as much as the head football coach at Appalachian State. But what do I know when I say it's watered down and Appalachian State deserves to not have themselves even mentioned with the Texas AM when it comes to going to their fucking house and beating them in a low scoring affair less than. When they just scored 61 points on North Carolina, another Power 5 team. So now Appalachian State can show that they can score 60 on you in a Power 5 school. And they can show they can beat you, a higher ranked team, in a low scoring affair. But what do I know? (laughs) 56 four and five star players. Appalachian State has one. And by the way, Bruce Helms, they did it to Michigan in 2007. They weren't even a Division I team yet. I hope you do know that. They were an FCS school at the time they beat Michigan. So but what do I know? Uh, I'll be right back. Uh, Chase is jumping in here. I'll be back in two minutes. And I told you about this fucking MVP thing in the NFL. It is a popularity vote, whether it's good or bad, on or off the field. Let me break it down. Aaron Rodgers won the last two. Why? Because he's controversial off the field. Plus, we know he's the best ball spinner on it. Lamar Jackson that year was a popular guy. He came in ripping it, running around, freak of nature, all that shit. But we knew he wasn't going to win no real games. Anyone, guys that I know, the guys that I know knew he wasn't going to win no meaningful playoff game. But they gave him the fucking MVP. Steve Nash beat Kobe Bryant twice for an MVP in the NBA. You don't think it's a popularity vote? You think Steve Nash deserved it over Kobe fucking Bryant? And then they played in the playoffs that same year? And Kobe fucking ripped his ass in a seven-game series and dominated him. But yet, Steve Nash got the fucking MVP. It is not the best. I'm just telling you. So, why? 
We're going to see the issues that you're going to see when Lamar Jackson faces a team other than the Jets, A, and B, when he can't stop throwing the football deep. Because if you ever see him throwing crossing routes, All right, all right, all right. I'm back. I'm back. Uh, Appreciate the calls. Um, Chase Sr.'s in the house waiting on uh, him to pop in. Um, Hit the like button. I appreciate you, Coach Davis. Uh, Wait, what happened? um chase what up sorry about that man oh you're good brother you're good uh some technical difficulties here at the studio but we got it popping let's ride i'll stay on a little bit longer how about let's that let's ride fuck yeah. me are you shitting me those are the words you came out with with this weirdo at quarterback at Denver. <laughs> yeah it's not broncos country let's ride but it's let's ride let's talk some ball there's a lot to discuss Hey, man, lots to discuss. What do you, uh, if you had to say one thing about Mike Leach, Coach Leach, what would you say? Pioneer, uh, influential, uh, what would be a word that you use? Because I, I, before I, before I get your answer, this is what I was asked. Is he the most influential coach in the, in the, in this era? Um, I think influential means you have to, to me, you have to have won uh, some things. I think Nick Saban would probably be that guy. I don't know if he's a pioneer, if he's just a great character, just a, to, uh, you know, a, a guy you want to hear speak. Uh, I, I tried to have a couple of former players of his on the show this morning. They, they're they working out for NFL teams, so uh, they hopefully they'll join me this week. But I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, so look, you, you you said a couple of words there that I think can apply in different areas, right? So if we talk about great college coaches, we're talking about the Nick Sabans of the world, right? Was Mike Leach a great coach in terms of championship-level success? Not on the level of Nick Saban, but did he have a profound impact on the game of football, how it's played, and the fingerprints of the air raid offense can be found at literally every single level? And in that case, you threw out the word of pioneer, which he is. And look, he learned the air raid under legendary football coach Hal Moon back in the day. But really, it was Leach who How took it that? from that level and then made it popular at the college level and the high school level as well. And now that offense has leaked into the NFL and it's seen everywhere. Air raid concepts where you go four receivers wide and the quarterbacks out of the shotgun and you run a little RPO in the backfield. In that case, Mike Leach is a pioneer and his, his, his sprinkles of his genius can be found at all levels of football, kind of like Steph Curry and how he's changed the game of basketball. Now, Curry has the championship-level success, but let's be real. You know, I saw a number in 21, I believe, seasons as a coach. His teams were bowl-eligible 19 times. So championship-level greatness, maybe not, but a damn good coach who is an absolute legend. And this is all talking about the football aspect of Mike Leach. Can we talk about the personality and how much that is going to be missed? Because people are so inauthentic these days, and Mike Leach, every single day, was himself, he was real, 
He was authentic. And he was extremely unique, captivating, and compelling. And we're really going to miss that authenticity, but also that personality where he made people smile and his players absolutely adored him. I would argue right here, I was asked this question by one of his former players uh, last night, one of my former players and his former players. Um, I knew Mike. I, I sent him five kids over the years. Um, he's always treated them right, fairly. Um, the thing I asked, he asked me, is like, Coach, I don't think Coach Leach could get a job right now just like you. Yeah. Think about that. He don't believe he could get hired if he was coming into the profession today. Yeah, it's crazy. That's unfortunate too. Right? That's that's what you just said though, inauthentic and we have accepted an inauthentic, unauthentic, fake uh leadership type of quality. That's what we want now. We want the ass kisser and the liar as our leader instead of the truth teller and the guy that may hurt your feelings and hate me now, love me later mentality, we rather have you tell the fuck, whisper sweet nothings into my ear. And then guess what? They still fuck you in the transfer. Yeah. And <laughs> so, look, like a lot of this is social media driven, right? Because the perception of Mike Leach, among others, is something different where some people might say he's off his rocker. He's crazy. This guy is Looney Tunes. But let's look at what really matters, not the social media or national perception of a guy. It's him changing the lives of young people, having them graduate, instilling lifelong lessons. And that's why the response to his death is what it is, is because of the impact that he had and how widely respected that he was. And that's what matters at the end of the day, not these dumbasses on Twitter who will say something ridiculous without knowing the facts. Yeah. And that's what gets attention, unfortunately. I know. Controversy sells. It's, it's crazy. These cats need retweets and likes to live. Uh, I used to work as a local news reporter for like one of the most watched local news stations in the country in Pennsylvania. And I know all about that. And, and that's why I came here to chat sports. And that's why I have a platform now where I can be more opinionated and not have to be a puppet as a news reporter. No, nah, no doubt. That's why Marcellus Wiley left Fox. Yeah. Uh, I had him on the show the day that he announced he was leaving. He came on and broke some news on my show and was like, look, dude, I don't want to be held back no more. These cats are fake. Uh, even called out his boy, Acho, that threw him under the bus and, and, right. and a few other things that we could say uh, now. But, you know, he said, I'll take Jason Whitlock over Acho all day, out every day, all day. And I was like, damn, because I asked him the question on my show. And uh He's like, dude, I want to do my own thing now and not be told what to say and do. And, yeah. and we're being puppets. We're, we're being puppets in the puppet show, just like politicians. And I, so kudos to you for doing your own thing. Yep. Uh, I got to be honest. I, I, a lot of people don't realize that uh, Mike, Coach Leach would have a car like this. And I've had a few buddies of mine coach with them. And, uh, and I would ask them, because I'd be at a few practices, I saw what they did. They're incredibly technical with how they teach the scheme. Yeah. But I want you to know, and everyone out there, the reason he has it on a card this size, not even this size, smaller than this, everything is a go route. Every single time they snap the football, it is all go. That means all four receivers are going vertical, full speed. 
And the coverage dictates the schematical in the route concept. So if we get bell coverage on the outside and we get a cover three look, they're going to break it off and run a curl or a dig, or I mean a comeback based on what they are running with the safety. So if we get two-man and we got press, we're going to get nine routes and we're going to get option routes on the inside. It is the old fun and gun, read it on the run. So you don't need a lot of fucking things. That's why you only held a card like this. People don't realize um, how complex that is, but how easy it is for play verbiage to be thrown out there to kids because they don't need to know a lot. Here we go. We're running nines until this coverage happens and we're snapping it off. Quarterback's throwing it, and it was indefensible for a long time in the in the, in the passing game since. So that's why he's had so many great passers. And, I mean, shit, I think three of the top six NCAA passing records are three of his quarterbacks. Oh, his quarterbacks were thrown for four, 5,000 yards every single season, seemingly. So, I mean, fuck, it, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, the uh, – went on Jason Whitlock yesterday, and I'm taking heat now because I called Lincoln Riley the quarterback inheritor, not the quarterback whisperer. Uh, what's your take on that? Um, yeah, so I actually watched that clip and I could see why Whitlock was a little bit baffled with what you were saying. So like, okay, maybe every situation's different, right? Because Kyler Murray never lost a game in Texas football history, absolute legend. And his pops was his coach and quarterback developer, right? So when he gets to Oklahoma, he's in a really good position to succeed because of the foundation that he has. Now, I do believe that still the coaching and the scheme for Lincoln Riley brings the best out of the player, and that's why he's had Heisman Trophy winners and guys throw for ridiculous amounts of yards. But let's look at it like case for case, right? Because for Baker Mayfield, he goes to Texas Tech. They didn't want him there, had to walk on at Oklahoma. And yeah, like Baker Mayfield, I respect this about him, has that chip on his shoulder to want to prove people wrong. And... He went out and did that, but also Lincoln Riley helped him become that player with his scheme, and I believe there has to be some level of quarterback development there. For Jalen Hurts, on the other hand, I think the scheme benefited Hurts to maybe allow him to easier see passing lanes, and he could put up passing numbers, but I believe Hurts' development is by him the individual because without him putting in the work, he wouldn't go from a 59% completion guy two years ago to nearly 70 this year. So he's always had that about him hurts. So quarterback developer, great scheme. And that scheme has led to a lot of success. It's numerous, multiple college football playoffs. You made a point. That is absolutely true. What has he won? He has lost in a lot of big games, but he has still developed quarterbacks. His offenses are quarterback friendly. You can't doubt that because the numbers back that up, but a big game winner. That's why he's nicknamed small game Lincoln Riley. Now this is my thing. I'll argue. I'll argue back that it's. I think there's a misnomer out here that we think Lincoln Riley went out here and found three fucking scrubs on the corner who couldn't play. Like that is a huge misnomer. Like these three cats are, could play. This guy didn't raise them from the youth level and teach them how to play quarterback. He inherited a guy that already has one. He was going to go to the NFL, contrary to everyone's belief. He did not need to go to Oklahoma. Jalen Hurts, speaking of Jalen Hurts, he was going to get drafted. 
because he played at Alabama. I'm sorry, bro. People think that he, he had- wouldn't have been a second rounder, though. He just yeah, maybe, but he, people yeah. think he had to go to Oklahoma. No, he didn't. He yeah. played at Alabama and he didn't have a good couple games. Tua replaced them, which a coach's job is to do to win the game. Tua won the game. Yeah. And you can't really knock it. So he said, you know what? I'm going to go test my waters. I'm going to go with this guy who runs a schematic, a scheme that is uh, conducive for quarterback play, like you said, which I said on the show. I said, I think Lincoln does things that are to his credit are better than a lot of these other guys who are out there. At least he takes snaps under center. He moves multiple formations. He shifts. He uses multiple tight ends. He does things that are conducive. My whole point of that whole topic about this whisper take was that the kids that leave him don't end up being shit. They are shit birds and they don't end up equating to the NFL. That was my whole point. Outside of Jalen Hurts. But again, that goes back to Hurts's background and him himself. He is one of one in terms of how he carries himself. He has that championship level dog and it factor that I love. Now, can he do it in the playoffs? Different conversation. Let's yeah. talk about the personality and the yeah. mindset here. But you're right. I mean, his look. dad didn't allow that shit. His dad wasn't exactly. playing that shit. Exactly. Um, but I'm going to ask you this. Nor was Saban, by the way. Nor was Oklahoma out of high school and does not go through the culture in Alabama with Nick Saban. I would bet dollars to dimes he's not the same guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you and I spoke on top of each other. I said he wouldn't have done that with Nick Saban either. And that goes oh, right to you. your point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. Uh it that's that's just something I I I believe in. Um, but you know, it is what it is. Like he <clears throat> and, and I'll be honest, this game does require a lot of luck. Uh <laughs> remember, he wasn't even a head coach, he was OC at Eastern Carolina. Kyler Murray chose AM. It's not like he went straight to Lincoln. These guys chose other places. And I'll be honest, Lincoln has been a hell of a beneficiary of location. OU is a selector school. USC is a selector school. It's not like he's at fucking Tulsa and he's having to out-recruit everybody for Baker Mayfield. I just want to be clear. Like, this cat has been a hell of a – in a pretty good damn situation to be where he's been – to get some of those kids. I don't know if he's getting those same kids if he was at an Ole Miss or an Auburn uh, that he would get if he was at SC or, or, or Oklahoma. Yeah, and look, look, give him credit for like turning around USC. I mean, what he's done in year one, that, that program is shit. And he had him on the cusp of a college football playoff. And that's really impressive. Uh, I'm interested to get your take. I know you've, you've talked about Caleb Williams, the fuck Utah on the fingernails. It's a little bit weird. But like, you're an LA guy. Uh, USC has gravitational pull. Like from your standpoint of quarterback evaluation, do you think that he's the real deal or not? No, I think he's Kyler Murray 2.0. Why is that? Uh, just because I got buddies that coach there with him, and I've known I, I know a few things. Um, I just don't. I think he is. Uh, he's a little bigger than Kyler. He's not as twitchy. He doesn't have the arm that Kyler has. And now. Is Caleb going to be more invested? Is he more cerebral? Uh, is, I think he is a little bit more so than Kyler. Huh? I think he is a little bit more cerebral than Kyler. It could be. It's yet yeah. to be determined because we just don't know. When you get to the NFL and you get a playbook that's this thick and you leave a play card offense on the sideline and just run no huddle and tempo, the translation doesn't always go there. And then – if Caleb gets drafted by the Houston Texans, 
what are we going to say then? He's just going to be another guy getting thrown into the wolves. And now we're going to say he's shitty because he's in a horrible franchise. And that is why I don't agree with drafting quarterback every single time, every single two years, just to please your crowd and get money to sell tickets when you really need enough left tackle, which we've always talked me and you've talked about this before. Um, I believe there's quarterbacks that are in the league right now that you can win with if you be, if you better the roster instead of keep drafting these unknowns who are just running these tempo, sexy RPO offenses in college where we really aren't teaching them anything um, and getting them ready for NFL longevity or success, which I think Caleb is going to be another one of those guys. He's not the guy to stand in there at 6'4", take a shot, Big-time arm to throw over the mic on a two-ball in between the safety and the corner on a dig route uh, to win a football game. He's not that guy. Now, I understand your argument, too. Okay, we're evolving into the Jalen Hurts, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields era. You know, Josh Allen, Mahomes, where everything is an improvisation. It's a gimmick. It's a throw-underhand shovel down the sideline to McKeem Hardman, like we're doing all these things and everyone's oohing and on. But until I see that con consistently win in football in the NFL against defensive coordinators who make a million or two a year, when they will scheme you and it comes down to crunch time in the playoffs and you will see fire zones, you will see D tackles drop out, D ends come, D ends drop, backers come, Safety rotations that you haven't seen during the regular season because defensive coordinators just frankly don't care. We're only going to win in the playoffs, and that's all we care about. Uh, you're going to see guys get schemed. And until I see a guy win during those things uh, that I just discussed, by throwing the football on time, I'm still going to stick with the guns. I think NFL quarterback play needs to be the guy to throw the ball on time, not the gimmicky guy who runs around all day who can't read coverage. I just don't think it's going to happen. Now, when it happens, I'll, I'll eat crow. But until that happens, I don't understand why we're so convinced this is the way we have to go. Like, yeah. Caleb Williams is not the way we have to go. I don't see anyone looking like Caleb Williams winning football games in the NFL. Until Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields, and I don't mean looking at them as far as um, athleticism or... It's the nuances of the quarterback position. That's what it is. Yeah, like Josh Allen fits in that mold to me. And He's struggling the last six weeks. Yeah. Say it again. Josh Allen has struggled a lot the last six weeks. Yeah, because he won't throw the ball on time. He, his feet get in his way. He's throwing the ball on the ground when it comes down to short yardage situations where he needs a first down. He's skip balling balls. Like, I, I, I just don't understand. If your mechanics aren't always sound, and, and Sean Salisbury and I break it down all the time, if your feet aren't always ready to throw, and your feet is here and your body's going this way, you're going to end up having flaws that are going to cost you in big-time games. And we are seeing that right now by a lot of these guys. And until, until that happens, uh, Chase, on a consistent basis, I'm telling you, I don't understand what why we're so enamored by these guys. Until, I want the guy – I want Hartman at Wake Forest. I want I like him. I want to see these guys because those are the guys that are going to win in the NFL. Now, they could be complete bust too, but I'm just saying those are the guys that are winning in the league uh, over the history of the league. Now, I mean, until you show me a guy that can run around and win a Super Bowl, I mean, I, I haven't seen it yet. Even Mahomes won one, and he threw the ball from the pocket in that game. Yeah. 
And this is a good segue to, to pivot to a guy like Brock Purdy. Like, look, it's early. He's played seven and a half quarters. But why has he been able to dissect coverage? Why has he been able to identify blitzers? Why has he checked plays at the line of scrimmage? Why has he thrown more deep touchdowns in seven and a half quarters than Jimmy Garoppolo has over the last several years? Why does he look polished? Because he was at Iowa State. They weren't running gimmicky offense. That is football, in my opinion, that I love. And that's the Kyle Shanahan offense. That is physical downhill football. That's why I like what the Eagles do, because along the offensive line, they are so physical and they will kick your ass. But Purdy, he ran a complex game, didn't have crazy playmakers around him, and he could have gone to Alabama. He had an offer there. He just fell in love with Iowa State, and he had so much experience while he was there. He completed nearly 70% of his passes. Accuracy is so underrated in the NFL because he's not missing layups. And is it too early to deem him the next guy? Yes. But why can he have immediate success? Because he's not running that gimmicky offense and the experience factor is so crucial for him. At least you said it. At least you real at least you said it. Cause I, I'm tired of the people we keep anointing these guys because they come in. And I'm just being honest, I said it the other day on Whitlock. You have to understand, NFL is a how do I say it? It is a uh Day by day, uh, every single day, we have to walk in the office the same. We have to enter the meeting room the same. We're so uh, superstitious in what we do and the approaches that we take as far as coaches, football players, football coaches, management. At that level, it is such a superstitious uh, business. I'm just yeah. being honest with it's you. It's very rigid, too. You know? It is. Yeah. and. What happens is the NFL D coordinators, to break this down in totality, uh, I haven't done this yet, defensive coordinators scheme certain guys certain ways, and we have 8, 10, 11 game films on Jimmy G in this instance. We start to see, okay, what is Shanahan doing with Jimmy G with these skill set players around him? They don't have the big 6-5 wideouts. They don't have... Those type of big slot receivers, Mike Evans, they don't have, uh, uh, you know, these big-time outside threats, Schuster Smith, and they don't have these wideouts. They have Debo, Ayuk, 5'11", six-footers, 6'1", guys who are move, H-back, utility guys, and you have a freak tight end in Kittle, and now you've added McCaffrey who can do both, move in the slot, can catch yeah. out the backfield, you can give him a fucking draw, he can take it to the house. You have this utility back, similar to what Marshall Falk uh, was, LaDainian Thomason, uh, Edron James. He reminds me of those guys. Well, you scheme that for 10, 11 weeks, Chase. And now, okay, Jimmy G's the quarterback. We know he's a stiff. He's a, he's a nutty, gunny performer. He'll, he'll do the right thing for the most part, but he'll turn the football over if you do X, Y, Z to yeah. him. Mm -hmm. yep. That's what happens. Now he gets get a little flustered. You get yeah. Trey Lance to come in now. Now it's a different scheme. Okay, now we're running read option. We're running RPO with the same type of guys, but a different quarterback. Now Shanahan's changed the scheme. Well, now guess what? Fucking Brock Purdy's in there. He's going to have success for a few weeks, like I said. I don't want to anoint him like you just said. I'm thankful you said that. I want to see him do it on a consistent basis when defensive coordinators peg him down and say, all right, now we know what the fuck you're doing, Brock Purdy. Now there's no other quarterback to go back on. 
we're going to pin our ears back and figure this thing out when it comes to playoff time, nut crunching time. This is what happens with Lamar Jackson for a few years. This is what happened until playoffs. You see playoffs and defensive coordinators play a completely different scheme. They drop the D in in coverage. They bring the D tackle. They bring the mic. And Lamar is stuck. He, does, he can't run an A gap anymore. Now he can't throw the hot. And now he's like, fuck, doesn't win in the playoffs. Dak Prescott, changed, defensive coordinators change up when they play him in the playoffs. Justin Fields, they start to change up on him later in the season. When they figure you out, they start to change things, and that is when you have to become a thrower of the football. Let me change that up. You have to become a passer of the football and not a thrower of the football like we have in so many of these young guys. And that is why I think Brock Purdy is going to hit the wall here in the next few weeks. Yeah, and look, huge test coming up on Thursday night. Now, Seattle – during the heyday of the Legion of Boom, they were known for that defense under Pete Carroll. Last few years, they have not been good, and they're bottom five in multiple statistical categories when it comes down to passing defense. So we're going to see, and rushing defense. They're not good against, or sorry, bottom five in rushing defense. They're middle of the pack passing defense, right? But think about what's at stake. The 49ers and Seahawks hate each other. Pete Carroll, for the most part, has owned Kyle Shanahan. And it's going to be a raucous environment, physical atmosphere. The 49ers with the win have an opportunity to lock down the NFC West. There's nothing more that the Seahawks want than to spoil that party. There's nothing more that the Niners want than to celebrate in Seattle a division championship. And tomorrow is that test for Brock Purdy. He's played two games at home, seven and a half quarters. They've been ahead. He's been playing well momentum has been on their side it's going to be a dogfight tomorrow and i want to see how brock purdy is able to respond in one of the more difficult environments in the nfl against a divisional team that is one of the fiercest most physical rivalries in the nfl yeah um i'm a Pete carroll guy too i'm not a Shanahan believer uh i don't know man let me let me say this too jb like all right seven and a half quarters right it's way too early to anoint this guy but what do the great show that Purdy has shown in those seven and a half quarters that makes you at least entertain the thought, damn, could this kid like be pretty solid? Manning, Brady, Marino, Elway, all the greats. Identifying defensive personnel, being able to have power at the line of scrimmage to change the play upon the look that you get from the defense accuracy anticipation some plays out of structure but not running you know quarterback dives or anything like that and that's what purdy has shown in these seven and a half quarters i mean the two touchdowns that he threw last week one of them he changed the play at the line or at least identified where the blitzers are coming from he allowed the blitzers to get upfield he gets cracked in the chest and still delivers a dime to christian mccaffrey and then the one to brandon Ayuk, he pump faked a little bit knowing that the defender is right here and that bought him enough time for Ayuk to just cross that DB up and then Purdy deliver the throw while getting cracked in the chest. Like, I love that moxie. And I love being able to deliver the football when you know you're going to get slammed because what would Kyler do, JB? Move his little feet outside of the pocket and try to make a crazy play downfield when the throw and the read is there and the guy is open, hit him on time, hit him accurately. I agree with you. I the first week when he came in, I said it on the show. I, I actually, I, I'm, I'm getting Purdy film today. I'm going to break down some Purdy. Nice. Uh, I got a bunch of new film. Um, 
once Sean gets done with this Army All-American game, uh, and we'll get back after the holidays on this film stuff. But I I got to be honest. He threw McCaffrey a little angle route for a touchdown the first week in the game that he entered on time. McCaffrey turns around. The ball hits him in his chest or right his here. hip. Yeah. Um, we don't see that anymore. We don't see those throws. And he did like three or he made three or four of those throws in his first performance out there. And then um, and then he did it the next week again, um, which I think uh, proves that, okay, he gets it. And that tells me one thing, Chase. He's invested in the film room and he's watched enough tape and he's had enough reps with those particular guys mm-hmm. that shows especially with McCaffrey and let me give you a little insight if you don't already know this you may already know this um being around these things when a new guy gets traded in like McCaffrey did they throw him with the third string cue or the backup cue at the time to get reps in practice and start getting acclimated to the system well Purdy was that guy Purdy and McCaffrey already have this <laughs> kind of niche if you haven't noticed and that is a lot of times people don't talk about it those two guys have a relationship already because when they brought him in that day that first week that's all Purdy was with was McCaffrey and a couple other wideouts probably why Debo and Ayuk are doing all these schematical things they do in the Shanahan system other than run complete outside routes they don't do um let me ask you this what's your take on Jerry Rice blasting Shanahan talking shit about running uh, Debo in the middle it's true. I, I I think you have to pick and choose your spots. Like Debo last year was an all pro and he was completely one of one special playmaker was involved in the MVP conversation. He bailed them out so many times when the offense struggled to move the football. He'd have this just incredible, you know, play that would change the complexion of a game, making guys miss, bullying over defenders. He's the best yards after the catch wide receiver in the NFL, so he's so dynamic in the open field. But last year, part of his greatness and part of his uniqueness was his versatility. He played wide receiver, and he does drop a lot of footballs at wide receiver, and he's extremely special there. When you watch him, there aren't a lot of guys built like Debo Samuel. Is it longevity maybe not but right now it's a whole hell of a lot of fun but that versatility did put him in the backfield and he's so incredibly special when you just get the football in his hands on a power pitch play in which blockers are out in front he has this explosiveness where he hits that extra gear and it really is unbelievable to watch in person and then the physicality to his game he doesn't shy away from contact I love the way that he plays a game of football so for Shanahan it's like yo I got this Ferrari in the garage I got to use that any way I can because at any moment He could take it to the curb, 45, 50, 55 yards out on either a slant across the middle in which he runs for 40 yards after the catch or, you know, a pitch play. They even used him as a kick returner last year in the playoffs. But can we please pick and choose our situations, right? If we're around midfield and we're up, I believe at the time, either 21, 28, nothing, all momentum on your side. You are not going to lose this game because the Bucs suck. That was clear. Everybody bought in to the Bucs because of Brady's comeback. It's him. It's not the Bucs. They're a bad football team. Why are you running in that situation? Debo Samuel on a play in between the tackles or hashes. There's been an argument as to where the direction of the play was going. It was directed to go here, and then he cut it upfield in between the tackles technically, but in between the hashes. Why are you running him among all those bodies when in that situation, when you're already up, 
and he could be prone to injury there. You have this kid, Jordan Mason, who they have at running back. Like, just give him the football. And he's an undrafted free agent who's a bell cow physical guy. Use him in that spot, not Debo. If it's tied and you're at midfield, then okay. Not when you're up three or four touchdowns. You know, it's risk-reward analysis. That's all it is. Yeah, I could talk about this for a long time with you. Um, and I appreciate your in to your take. This is the thing I would tell Jerry Rice. First of all, I'd say, Jerry Rice, shut the fuck up. Number one, I would tell him that just because he's never coached and he don't know shit about it. He moves his sons around all over the fucking place. He's one of these helicopter dads in the coaching profession. That's what he is. I know that's what he is because I know coaches that have coached his kid. So that's what he is, just like Chris Carter was with his son when he was at Coffeyville Community College, by the way. A lot of people don't even know this. But these guys get to this level and they think that they're Hall of Fame legends like Jerry and Chris Carter that they know all things, but you don't know the inside intricacies of a coach and what you have to do every day. So having said that, Shanahan has a offense built around a few guys schematically. This is the only thing that he can do. He don't have an eye formation fullback. He does have a fullback. They, in they run fullback. Yeah. What's his name? But they don't have an I-formation team. I-formation team, 21 personnel team, means you have Kittle, which they have. They have the fullback, and then you have a back like McCaffrey. You have a back like um, other guys. You can move Debo and Ayuk back there. But you don't have the outside guys to go with that personnel. You don't have Irvin and Harper on the edge. You don't have those guys to be in those formations. So you have to manufacture those things. And manufacturing it as a coach is the number one trait that we have and what makes coaches either great or not so great, right? Yep. You can argue Shanahan fucked up the Super Bowl by doing similar things, not running the ball when he was up 28-3. You can argue all these different things. What he did in the Super Bowl, again, you can argue that uh, with the Niners. But he has what he has roster-wise, what Lynch has got him. He doesn't have the traditional drop back system and you could argue, okay, take him out of the game, but you're also working on next week's game plan in a blowout win. I'm also looking into what I'm going to run in the next few weeks. And I'm going to get some reps right now against live competition because I know I won't get it in this day and age practice next week. That happens every day in the NFL. People don't realize that. And bro, we can get hurt walking our doggy out here. I mean, it is what it is. The guy made a cut. He made a play. He could have got hurt on the outside running a reverse, too, and everybody would have been like, oh. So, I mean, it is what it is. It's half dozen, six the other. But that's what they have. They have to run what they're going to run in the playoffs and get more acclimated to what they have, and that's just what a coach would say. That's what I'm saying because I've been in those situations. Guy gets hurt, he gets hurt. Fortunate for you, he'll be back. Uh which I think is only going to help Purdy right now understand what he don't have. Definitely. So, hey, let me ask you this. If you had to bet your house on this question, who who are you more confident in and who are you taking, Eagles or 49ers, to win it all? Man, I've been getting this question for a little while, and I started talking about this two months ago. I said, these two teams are on a collision course to play in the NFC Championship game. And the 49ers right now are the three seed. Eagles are the one seed. If the Vikings kind of falter here down the stretch, 
Eagles, I think they're going to lock up that one seed. They got the Bears Sunday, Cowboys next week. So that could determine a lot if they lose that Bears game. But let's say it's 1-2, Eagles, Niners, and they meet in the NFC Championship game. That's good for San Francisco because that means they get at least two games at home before they'd have to travel to Philadelphia. I just love the foundational elements of both of these rosters. I like how they're built physically, offensively, and defensively in today's spread them out, little finesse NFL that doesn't win in the playoffs. These two teams are very physical, and that's why I think it'd be a great matchup. And I think the experience factor for San Francisco from the coaching staff to the roster would give them a little bit of an edge, even if it's on the road against an Eagles team. This is the second year of a rebuild in which back-to-back years, can we give credit to Nick Sirianni? He made it to the playoffs last year in the first year of a rebuild with a flawed team. This year, they're 12-1. and Like, this guy's doing a hell of a job. And if everybody wants to compliment the system and not Jalen Hurts, he's the one implementing the system, right? But I think the experience factor and a slight physicality edge might give the Niners the edge on the road, even with Brock Purdy at quarterback. I, I agree with you. I see Jalen Hurts struggling against that defense me in too. a playoff game. Yeah, me too. Every quarterback has struggled against them. They yeah. are they have the potential to be an all-time defense. Yeah, all-time. that's the problem. Um, and he doesn't he doesn't have a shitload of experience in those big time nut crunching games. Yeah. So and now Norwood Purdy. So if right. he throws a couple picks, that's how the Eagles win that game if it's low scoring and ugly. So that's that's obviously something to keep an eye out for. But like even even with the addition of Sue and I still think the Niners can manufacture using baseball terms runs here. They can manufacture runs, which is points in the NFL based on how they do things with McCaffrey. I don't think the Eagles can stop a cold uh in the run game. I still think they've gotten better here and there, but I think they still have a lot of holes up front. Their D-liner is very, very uh who's that? Fletcher Cox still there? Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave. Yeah, they're Hargrave. There's a good, they're good, but for some reason, I don't know if they're I don't know. I don't like their fits. I've I've watched them a few times. They do some things on schematically up front, and I'm like, damn, they're missing their their, their gap unsound. They get gashed at times, and I don't know. Um, if I think the Niners can run the football and do things with Debo and other things, why I go back to what Shanahan does with Debo when he got hurt, I think they can do things like that to still get enough points to beat the Eagles uh, with Purdy playing average because I think Hurts is going to be average at best. And uh, I don't know. It's going to be interesting, man. It's going to be interesting to say the least. So, I, you know, um, I'm not sure. Who do you got in the World Cup final? Uh, I'm rooting for Argentina because I want to see goats win titles and Messi has never won a world cup and he's one of the greatest, if not the greatest soccer players of all time. And I'm not going to act like I'm some soccer aficionado, you know, I'm, I'm football, basketball, baseball, Americanized sports uh, for the major ones, but I, I want good storylines. I want to see goats win. And for Messi at the tail end of his career to finally win a World Cup in a World Cup in which he's been really good. He's hit, I think, three of his last four PKs. He's been playing really well. To go out on top would be a pretty cool story. No doubt. I, I agree. Um, let me ask you this. My Lakers uh, choked off another one. They look, exa- <laughs> they look absolutely 
like they're the worst shape in shape team I've ever seen out of shape team, I should say. Uh, and then they go on TV and they have all these excuses how tired they are. Well, the fucking Celtics played the night before, got ran out the building by the Clippers. Then the Lakers are up. They have a 27-6 run in the fourth, take a demand, commanding lead with three minutes left, and choke the game off, go to overtime, absolutely get blitzed. They don't have no legs. To me, that's a coaching problem. Like, we should be in shape. And they're 11-15. Yeah. If I had to ask you right now, Charles Barkley and Shaq have a bet. Who wins more games, Clippers or Lakers? I think the Clippers are the better basketball team. And I kind of have a take on this. So remember, we first started doing the show, I don't know, first month of the NFL season. And you and I kept complaining about the product of football. It was bad. It was diluted. It was ugly. It was entertaining because we had a lot of one-score games. But the actual play of the football game was not good, right? And I think that's because we've eliminated preseason. We're worried about, you know, conserving players' bodies, which I totally understand. But there's a lack of emphasis on preseason. Nowadays in the NBA, preseason is a joke. There's a lot of uh, rest management. And because of that, I think that that started to dilute the game of basketball in the early part of the season, kind of like with what we've seen with the NFL. Now, playoff basketball will be awesome. Coming down the stretch when it starts to get physical, that's great when, when teams are at full force. But right now, man, if you look at it, like the Warriors are 2-12 and 12 on the road after getting dump trucked by Milwaukee last night. The Suns have been really struggling over their last 10 games. Right now, it's the Pelicans and the Grizzlies, the top two seeds in the West. Does that hold? I do think the Pelicans are legit. I like what I saw from the Grizzlies last year. But then, you think about all the other teams. Where does that... Where does that leave the Lakers? Like, I think they're an 8 to 12 seed, and I'm not going to take them seriously at all, even with LeBron James and Anthony Davis, because they look old. They're not athletic. They can't shoot in a game of pace. They struggle to keep up with the Warriors type of pace, and they look like kind of like an RK basketball team with the, with the way that the game is played now. They don't get rid of Westbrook. They have no shot. They have to get rid of That's Westbrook. my biggest thing. That's my They got to go get like, DeRozan and Vukovic, I know that's a trade out there. I know uh, they're trying to get uh, Boyganovic at uh, Detroit, I'm hearing. That's the new one out here uh, in L.A. They're trying to make a, a couple moves for that with Pat Beverly going to Detroit uh, and a couple other people. They need shooting, man. They need, uh, you know, they're just out of shape. They're bad. They're stiff. I, you know, I don't know. But I'll never bet on the Clippers. I'll never bet on the Clippers. They're the JV team. I don't trust uh, Paul, you know, uh, Palm Del P, uh, yeah. Palm, Paul George. I don't trust him. I don't trust Kawhi Leonard. They make, you know, they make a Michael Jordan MVP trophy. They need to make a fucking load management trophy and put Kawhi Leonard on that. Um, <laughs> I don't trust any of those guys. I, I just don't trust them. So, I don't know, man. NBA basketball seems like it's kind of watered down, just like college football in the NFL. That's seems what I like said. a generational thing to me. That's what I said. And let's not take away from the Celtics. They're balling out right now. They look dominant. But can they dethrone the Warriors? Because when they played this past weekend, the Warriors crushed them. It was really impressive. So I think it is diluted. So let's just say this right now. I think these are the teams that you have to worry about in the NBA. It's the Bucks. It's the Celtics in the East. I think it's the Warriors, Pelicans right now, maybe the Grizzlies in the West. Outside of that, 
I don't buy any team winning the championship. Let me ask you this before you get out of here. Uh, I got to run to San Diego. Um, Kyler Murray's out for the year. Cardinals are four and nine. Uh, Cliff's on the hot seat. Obviously, he's probably been on the hot seat. Mississippi State job's now open. Two question deal. Do you go outside, which is my poll question? It's unfortunate as the mishaps that has happened and the and the untimely demise and death of uh, the tragedy of of Coach Leach. Awful. I've said it. You got to go outside, though. I just don't think you can keep. There is no head coach on that staff, in my opinion, um, on an interim basis. This cannot be a uh, Cinderella story, hopeful situation. It's just going to be a gloomy, eerie situation there in Starkville. I believe you have to go outside and and hire right now because it's still early enough to either still a coach from somewhere. I don't know about Deion Sanders. I said that he may be the guy that uplifts that community. You have to have somebody uplift the community, the roster, and the school. Can't just be a guy to come in and run X's and O's. You got to have a guy that does all of that stuff. I don't know how many people are out there like that. Lane Kiffin, I think, with his social media ties. Deion Sanders, maybe, with his. Um, it's untimely because Deion may have been up for that gig if, if this was a firing and not an untimely death. Uh, you can argue Deion probably could have been in that running for that job since he was right there in Mississippi. Um that's so, the, let me throw this out there. Do you think Kingsbury is a guy I, that wants to I go? I was going to say that. I was just going to say that. Look, he he played under Leach at Texas Tech, and he learned his entire system from Mike Leach. Things are rocky in Arizona. Look at all right those now. guys. I know. Yep. Look at that. I mean, that's a hell of a coaching tree right there. Hell of a coaching tree. Um, and Kingsbury is not a sure thing to return to Arizona. That'd be quite the story. And if they had the personnel there where they want to run and may, uh, run the same system and keep a lot of the players there, Kingsbury would make a lot of sense. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, real fast, NFL MVP. As of right now, Jalen Hurts, 22 touchdowns, three picks, 68%. They're 12-1. and one. They got a minus 110 odds to win the Super Bowl. He's thrown for 3,843 yards. Mahomes is thrown for 4,535 touchdowns, 11 picks. He is on pace to break the interception record, by the way, Mahomes is. He's only 66 completion percentage, 10-3 uh, and three team, plus 160 to win. Burrow's at 3,732 touchdowns, 9 picks. And Josh Allen's at 3,532 touchdowns, 11 picks, similar to Mahomes. Who's the MVP right now? Slight edge to Jalen Hurts. I understand that the Eagles have the better roster, but I think Hurts has been the more impactful and consistent player. And everybody's going to point to yards. Patrick Mahomes has the edge. Passing touchdowns, he has the edge. That is true. That is true. You cannot deny that. But Jalen Hurts has thrown for 22 touchdowns and just three interceptions. Everybody wants to continue to tell me that this guy can't pass. Now, we'll see what he can do in the postseason. But can we give him credit for making incredible strides as a passer and being very smart with the football? And, yes, you want to tell me that Patrick Mahomes has many more passing touchdowns than Jalen Hurts. Well, yeah, that's true also. But Jalen Hurts also has what? How many rushing touchdowns or does he have ten. this year? Eight or ten. I'm, I'm not sure. I think he has ten. Looking at it right now. Hold on one second. He has 32 total touchdowns. 
He does. 10. 10 rushing touchdowns. That's 32 total touchdowns and three interceptions. So add the rushing touchdowns on top of what he's done through the air. But a sneaky guy to keep an eye out for the last month is the guy who's third there. Burrow. It's Joe Burrow. It's Joe Burrow. Watch, watch out for him. I take Burrow right now. If I'm if I if I got the head, if I got a GM job at a, at a franchise that's just opened up, we open up a franchise in Long Beach, California, and we're the new NFL team. I take Joe Burrow. Yeah. And who has the lesser team among those three? It's probably Joe Burrow, who's also dealt with more this year being without Jamar Chase. So the road for him has been a little bit more difficult as compared to Mahomes and Jalen Hurts. But I yeah, go Hurts number one right best, now. I'd argue that he has the best wideout tandem in the football, though. I know what I'm saying is that Chase was out. Yeah, the yeah. team wasn't good to start the year. And Next for him to bring them back, it's the road is a little bit more arduous, which sometimes can sway an MVP. And Mixon got hurt. He's back. But, you exactly. know, they had pre-line came in and did well. I mean, they – shit, now Boyd's hurt. Like, fuck, my draft kings up the other day getting hurt. But, you know, they got a hell of a roster. Um, before you get out of here, though, are, is Minnesota just a luxury of of, 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 of opponents so far? I, I hate to say that because I don't believe that's true in the NFL. I think you have to win those games. You can argue the Eagles could have lost three or four games also. Uh, yeah. Are they a luxury right now? They've been outscored uh, as a as a team that's only lost a couple games. They've been outscored though. Uh, yes. First team in NFL history to be uh, have more points against them than four with a great record like they have. Uh, I don't know. They they give me some uh, some weird vibes, man. And defensively, they're not very good. I agree. Their their defensive coordinator Ed Donatel probably going to get fired and. I think it's a, a skill to win close games, but it's not a skill to win those close games, which the Vikings, to their credit, have done a lot of, but also be negative point differential. That means in their losses, they're getting blown out. So they've been exposed in some of those losses. Now, a team like the Eagles, I think it's a skill to win those close games, but in a majority of their games, they're dump trucking squads by three, four touchdowns. It's how you win. And... If we're going to come down to it, close game in the playoffs, like the Vikings have played a lot of, am I trusting Kirk Cousins and a rookie coach? I don't think so. Not in a big spot. So that and the defense is fraudulent. I don't buy into the Vikings. I think it's Eagles, Niners, maybe the Cowboys, but for the last 27 years, they've been choke artists. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I'll tell you this. Does the Detroit Lions get in the playoffs? They're scary. Now they have their their offense coordinator Ben Johnson's probably going to be a head coach soon. Um, yeah, so they they can clinch this with wins in three of their four next games, and the Giants, Commander, Seahawks lose throughout the next four. Yeah, so it's a possibility. They're scary. Uh, their their offense coordinator Ben Johnson's probably going to be the most sought after offensive mind in the head coaching market because. Their offense has been awesome, and I'm not a huge Jared Goff guy. I'm not sure that he can win in the cold in yeah. December or January, but you get him in that dome, he's been lighting it up of late. And just because they run an offense that's high scoring, like Dan Campbell, to his credit as well, he's instilled a lot of toughness on that defense, and they have some dogs on the defensive side of the ball, and they can run the hell out of the football sometimes. No, I agree. Man, so, it's always a pleasure, scared. Chase. I can't, uh, can't thank you enough. I was supposed to hang out with you and have a cigar uh, and chug a boot with you this week in uh, Dallas. I didn't, that didn't uh, come to fruition, but we're gonna have to hook up soon. Um, when's Christmas? 
Christmas is what? Two week, two, uh, oh. next weekend, right? Week from Sunday. Yeah, week from Sunday. Um, you leaving town early? Or are you be, are you back on next week? Can you be on Wednesday? I love I love the song I'll be home for Christmas, but uh, I, I will not be home for Christmas. I so the Niners and Eagles both play Saturday the twenty fourth, and then there's a full slate of NFL the twenty fifth. And uh, I had disastrous Thanksgiving travel plans, so I just don't feel like doing that again. Plus, I have to work. So what am I going to go home from the twenty sixth to the twenty eighth? You know, so and then New Year's Day is another NFL Sunday. Yeah. So uh, I think I'm just going to hang tight, grind it out here. And then uh, in January, depending on what the Niners and Eagles do in the playoffs, since I host both channels, uh, can relax a little bit. But I hope I don't have to relax because I want to see both of those teams meet in the NFC Championship game and see one of them go to the Super Bowl. I wish that could be the Super Bowl matchup. No doubt. Well, I hope to get you on next week, right before uh, the, the holiday, and then uh, we'll, we'll 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 send these guys off with a Christmas special. So yeah, I'll, I'll be good for I'll be good for next Wednesday, and then uh, yeah, we'll link up at some point. Unfortunately, we're gonna take off for the holidays anyway. So after next gotcha. Wednesday, it'll probably be our last show for the holidays. Bet, bet, and uh, hey, we'll get that cigar in, whiskey in at some point. No doubt. No doubt. All right, salute to everybody. Peace. Yep. Peace. Thanks, brother. Man, I appreciate everybody joining in. Hit that like button on your way out. Go on over to CoachJBStore.com. Get you 20% off all merch. CoachJBStore.com. 20% off sale right now all the way through January 1st. Hit that like button. Subscribe. Become a member, man. I'll see you guys in the morning for Thirsty Thursday. Calvin Jackson Jr. will join me to talk about Mike Leach and his experiences at Washington State being coached by him. And uh, we'll break that down tomorrow. He just confirmed he'll be on the show tomorrow. So uh, we'll break that down. Appreciate you, Isaiah, all you guys. I appreciate you all. And, uh, hey, God willing, we'll see you tomorrow. Peace. <laughs>